0: This is Ruin Willow with the Oh, fuck yeah, with Ruin Willow podcast. Welcome to my podcast. Today I have a very special guest, an author who writes. Queer erotic fiction. He's an erotic romance author and editor. His name is Gabriel Hargrave. Okay, if you're under 18, baby love, it is time to leave the podcast because this is for adults only. We talk about erotica and his writing, and he has a new book out. So this is exciting. And I want you to stick around because we have a great chat. He's the only person, the only guest who's been on my show. Three times. This is his third time, yes, and we have a great connection. We just chat well and we just, we enjoy chatting about writing. So stay tuned for our chat. A quick word from my sponsor, Manscaped. I want to thank them for sponsoring this episode and check out the Beard Hedger. Yeah, stay tuned for this. Hey, you, get your beard ready, thigh ready for time with her. For him. <laughs> Take care of your beard with the Beard Adger from Manscaped. Get a discount with my promo code ruinedwillow20 at manscaped.com. Get 20% off and free shipping. Get that beard touchable, sexy, and ready to rub. Oh, fuck yeah. Okay, and now back to the show. Hey, I have a new book out it is actually in pre-sale mode, Neighborhood Sex Secrets. This is a very saucy, yummy tale of a woman going on a sexual journey. She is now free, and she finds out her neighborhood is not so vanilla after all. And she bumps into two men who are neighbors she's known for a long time, and they all hook up, and you know what? They help her check off her. Sex sexual bucket list. So that's in sale. Check that out on Amazon, link down to the podcast show notes, as well as links to my other books and stuff, and links to Gabriel Hargrave's books. He has The Orchid and the Lion and The Lion and the Dahlia, The Things We Pretend, An Orchid and the Lion prequel, The Orchid's Lion on Kindle Vella. He has a Patreon, and he's at gabrielhargraverights.com kinky and intense bdsm orgasm control he's on twitter instagram and facebook twitter is g hargrave writes so check him out he's amazing stay tuned for our awesome chat let's go well, i'm really excited to chat with you so you tell me what's been going on actually we should probably orient people first yes we're like jumping right in because this is you're the only person that's been on my show three times. Isn't that cool?
1: I, I'm actually really honored. That's really me.
0: <laughs> that's awesome, too. So tell us what you write,
1: please. So I'll introduce myself. I'm Gabriel Hargrave. I write queer erotic fiction. My main series is kind of a genre blend of sci-fi, romance, mystery, and and erotic fiction a friend of mine and I joke that I'm the only writer in my genre Um, (laughs) and uh but I I do I have some other I have another uh book of short stories out that I actually talked about the last time I was on here yeah that is basically just erotica it is there's not really any plot to it although there are Like there are through lines in some of the stories because I reused some of the characters for sure. for more than one story. So they have their own little mini plots, but they're not anything like world shaking. Mm-hmm. But yes, yeah, so so I my main series is Orchid and the Lion and book two just came out three days ago. Actually, we're recording on the 6th. So Congratulations. The Thank you so much. It was wild. It's been a wild time. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> It was also, it was my birthday on the 3rd. I was just, oh, I was happy attempting, birthday. thank you. I was attempting to do that thing where, yeah. where you release a book on your birthday and you go, Hey, yeah. it's my birthday, buy my book. <laughs> Wait, did, did, it worked a little bit. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. <laughs> Good way to celebrate. So pro, pro Pro tip to authors, release the book on your birthday.
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: That's right. <laughs>
0: I need to do that sometime. That sounds like a fun plan.
1: <laughs> it, well, it was great because we celebrated my birthday the weekend before. Like we had friends oh, okay. come in from out of town. So the third was basically just like the first part of the day was me getting all like some promo stuff done. And then I just relaxed like the rest of the day. I didn't have to worry about having to celebrate. We had dinner mm, with like brownies. Nice. That was that was my big birthday celebration on the nice. actual day of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very
0: nice. Very nice. So, so, it's out, and it's live. And so tell people what the first one's about, and then roll into what yes. is the second one about
1: so the the first book it's a it's about a man named Dorian. He is a a cis man. he's He's a femme cis man who works as a Dom at a brothel at a space station that is situated like halfway between Earth and Mars and the the backdrop to the series is that earth has become extremely unsafe for anyone who doesn't fit the mold of of being like cishet mm. and and otherwise quote unquote normal or normative right. um so the james baldwin space station has become a a refuge it's become sort of a, a utopia that celebrates you know queerness and kink and sex work and you know everybody's differences it doesn't really matter you know it's a very welcoming place and so the main character dorian he had come to the space station about a decade earlier before the book started and he's made a life for himself but he's also very like married to his job Mm -hmm. and so uh this new guy from earth shows up uh he's a trans man named leith who starts working at the brothel, uh, partly to make money, like it's partly to like survive, but also his his uncle has been murdered, and there's a bit of a a mystery surrounding that because the 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 murder was made to look like he had done it himself, like that he had committed suicide, right. um, and so so he had been a client of Dorian's and had been found near the brothel. And so Leith starts working there uh, and Dorian gets roped into training him because the woman who owns the brothel, Belle, she discovers that Leith, like lied about what he put on his menu of what he could offer to clients because he mm-hmm. was hoping to make as much money as possible and then dip. So you have Dorian who is is very averse to relationships and falling in love and you have Leith who is very averse to Dorian for reasons like a kind of spoilery. Uh but there's a, a family connection there. There's there's some stuff because Dorian's dad is actually he he runs, he owns the the biggest like shuttle and, and transporter company on mm. on the planet, basically. And someone that Laith knew used to work for his father, and he's got a very bad taste in his mouth over the whole family, not wow. realizing that Dorian yes. isn't really like his family. Mm-hmm. Um, but so over the course of the book, uh, he's training Laith to be sub and and to work at the brothel and naturally they fall in love they're very Mm -hmm. (laughs) very resistant to it but so in the background they they're they're trying to figure out this murder and uh they kind of stumble into this big political conspiracy where there's a woman who is attempting to basically bring purity to to the station and I, i won't reveal too much what happens, but the second book, the the dahlia nope, I lied. The lion and the dahlia. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get used to that get, in your mouth, right? Yes. <laughs> oh, it's gonna get so confusing. Um, yes. Because the the books are eventually because there's there's gonna be four main books in this series and then some others uh, that that come after that that final quote unquote final book, the the fourth book. And it's so it'll be the orchid and the lion, the lion and the dahlia, and then the third book is going to be the dahlia and the spoiler. I will not tell you what it is because mm, if okay. if people read the book, they'll they'll know. I, I announced it in the acknowledgments. But so, I titles kind of like piggyback off of each other, so it's going to get real difficult as the series goes on. But so, in that book, they are they have had to leave Baldwin, and they are now on. Space Station Orbiting Europa. It's one of Jupiter's moons. Mm. And so it's about six months after the first book. And it's told from Leif's point of view. Okay. And Leif is having a great time. Like he's doing really well at the brothel. He's learned to love the work. Like it's it's fulfilling him in a way that he's never thought possible. He Things have been kind of rocky with him and Dorian, but things are going pretty well, at least in his mind well, Dorian is struggling. Like I, I joked on Instagram today that he's not just driving the struggle, he's not just riding the struggle bus, he's driving the struggle bus.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so between stuff going on with Dorian and him and this other person who works at the brothel sort of getting interested in each other, or so he thinks, on top of all that, uh, a client of, of at the brothel gets murdered um and so leif ends up having to figure out who did it while also trying to figure out like everything else that's going wrong in his life um and then in the the backdrop you have uh, a continuation of the purity story from book 1 which is going to be the through line for mm. the whole like the first four books of the series Uh, So, so yeah, so it's, it's, I I make no uh, secret of the fact that the books are polyamorous. Dorian himself, in addition to Leith, admits to himself in the first book that he is also in love with someone else. And Mm -hmm. he, uh, uh, Laith is, is his love interest in in the second book is, is not Dorian. Like he's in a relationship already with Dorian, but -hmm. there's this other person. So it's it's uh I lost my train of thought of where I was going with that. But <laughs> oh, that's okay. Um, yeah, so it's it's I'm trying like in my brain, I'm doing the calculations of what I can and cannot reveal.
0: I know, uh, isn't that hard? I know, right? Especially when you're doing it verbally, like if you're just, if you're typing it out for a blurb, okay, you can relook at it. But when you're saying it, right, (laughs) it's hard to like shield your brain. Okay, no, don't talk about that part. (laughs) Well, and I'm really bad about this too,
1: because I never shut up about these books. I have friends who are also readers. In fact, some of them are friends because they were readers. Oh, sure. Uh And so like, I have some people that I can just sort of like info dump on and they don't really care about spoilers. Right, and so there are people who know what's going to happen in in the, <laughs> some of the rest of the series, especially when it comes to the romantic storyline. Right. And I I have to be very careful of like so so as I'm I'm talking, I'm doing like two sets of thinking. It's what is it that I can say about this book? Right.
0: Exactly. And who am I talking to? Yeah, Because there's different right. levels of what you can say. Exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I, I mean, I'm sure that there, there are some of your listeners who have read the first book and possibly mm-hmm. the short stories that, that I've released as well. But there might be people who are like, oh, I've never heard of this book before. I want to go right. pick it up. And I don't want to be like, and yeah, yeah. everything that happened in the first book. Because I've, I've never written a sequel before because I had, up until Orchid, I hadn't written a book before. Like I had right. started to over and over again. We've talked about this before mm-hmm. on your show. Of this was the first book that I finished, and that right. like I I worked tirelessly on for like nine months right. to to perfect.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And and then I had to sit down and write a sequel. And I went, "How do you do that? How do you do that?
0: Exactly, exactly.
1: How do you do this?" I went through, I want to say about 12 drafts, including three or four that were complete drafts. Um, And it was, we did sort of like a a general calculation. It was probably between 700,000 to a million words. Oh
0: my gosh, that is like ginormous. (laughs) Because I,
1: the the story kept fighting me. And sure. some of the characters refuse to behave. And in fact, I I mentioned that that there's a romantic interest in this book that is not Dorian. Uh And that was not supposed to happen. And (laughs) so this is actually mentioned on the, like the blurb mentions this character. Sure, It's a co-worker of his name, who Mm. is mentioned in the first book. In fact, uh, there are a couple of, of the sex workers from the first book that get to kind of shine a little bit more in mm. this book. And and part of it was that like Dorian knows those people. So like, it, he's not going to be like, oh, and here's this person and all this these things about him. It's like, I've been working with this person for like six, seven years now. Like I know these people, I don't need to like get into depth. Unlike Leith, who is just getting to know these people and forming relationships and friendships with them. And so I was able to get into some of these characters a bit more so like Travis the jock was mentioned in the first book a couple of times mm-hmm. he ends up between when book one starts and and book two starts the two of them have become like best friends mm-hmm. and then there's Omar who I was was gonna plan for this character to be sort of like if I need another sex worker to be in this scene and have dialogue like it was going to be this character. Sure. And I put I put them together in a scene. Omar and Leif together in a scene. Uh-huh. And I got done with the scene and I read it back and I went, oh no. <laughs> oh no, I gave some really good chemistry. <laughs> yes, I
0: kind of know that feeling too, oh. where it's just like it just yes, it's like it's it's its own thing and it does its own thing, what it wants, and the characters do what they want. <laughs> well and, and
1: that's how the story, that's how the series ended up being polyam in the first place, is because Dorian has a client in book one named Kenny. And I wrote a scene. It was supposed to be one scene. Yeah, With this client that he's known for years, has been coming to him for I never actually said it. It's been about four. They they've known each other for about four, four or five years. And so I wrote this scene and I was like, oh, this was cute. This was fun to write. Like they had they had a good time. And I went back and I reread it and I got done and I went, oh no, they're in love. They've been in love a long time.
0: Right. And so I had
1: had to deal with that. Like I had to yeah. come to terms with that. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I was gonna fight the attraction between Omar and and Leif. I didn't want to give in to that because I'm like, no, 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 Dorian did this already. Like you can't do this too. Yeah, right. The more I tried to fight it, the more they were like, "No, no, <laughs> this is happening." Well, so I, I restarted. I had restarted a couple of times already, and I restarted again, and I got through about halfway through one of the draft attempts. And Omar did a thing.
0: <laughs> Omar did a <laughs> thing, thing. and <laughs> I was not expecting.
1: And I don't I haven't really publicly talked about this mostly mm. because it it's not like it's supposed to be a quote unquote surprise or whatever but mm-hmm. it it does kind of happen later in the book, like it's it's oh,
0: okay
1: it's so it's kind of spoilery, right? It's not like but gotcha. um as i was I was working through through the book, I realized that Omar was actually a trans woman and was okay. going to be coming out during this book, and mm-hmm. so I had to go back and rework it again and and so uh the the character <laughs> formerly known as Omar. She does get, she does pick a new name uh, in okay. this book. And it's been interesting on Twitter because I've used both interchangeably. Okay. With, with, because I, I, it's very interesting writing a character who's coming out mm. in that regard because okay. like pronouns change and name changes and um, in yeah. terms that you use for them change.
0: Well that yeah, that's complex.
1: And, yes. And if it were that this had already happened. So like my, my critique partner, Loren, uh, they had suggested, well, why doesn't she, you know, why doesn't she come out before the book starts? And okay. you know, Laith can just describe it. Uh-huh. And I was like, Laith has gone through this because Lathe has transitioned oh, himself. Yes. And yeah. there's a a like a tenderness and a like an understanding and just a very sweet sort of love story about, you know, two people who, you know, one has gone through something already mm-hmm. and one is now going through it that I right. wanted to, to express. Yeah, and yeah. so if, cause if if I had gone with that suggestion, if I had had her transition ahead of time, I would never have to use the, the name Omar ever again, because right. I'm, I'm firmly of the belief and, and some people, some trans people are not like, they'll, they'll refer to their past self by their dead name, or okay. they'll refer to things that happened to them when they were a kid or before they came out, using mm-hmm. like the the gendered terms they had had before their transition. But okay. That's not me. Like if I talk about myself in the past, like it's not oh when I was a little girl or whatever, like when I was a boy or when I was a kid. Um, and so I I I would have like just gone yeah, and this person, this this woman, you know, but because she comes out during the book i i made distinct choice to make it two separate okay. almost make it seem like two separate characters sure. because there's there's if if this person had not been mentioned in the first book it wouldn't matter yeah <laughs> true yeah, true right so, <laughs> so i had to like contend with that um, but it was so so that was a big part of why this book took about a year and three months before mm-hmm. it was ready for oh, wow. Uh, it went it went through two alpha stages, two critique reads, and a beta <laughs> stage, as oh. well as a proofread. Mm-hmm. And I fine-tooth combed this. I was I was rereading it just a couple of days before the the ebook was due for okay. pre for for pre-order. Mm-hmm. Because Amazon, you know, Amazon, if you're mm. pre if you have something up for pre-order, you have to have it ready. Yep. Like a few days ahead of time. So up until about like the last minute possible, I was I was still going through and wow. making sure that everything had well, because when I when I published the first book, number one, I didn't know anything about formatting. Number mm. two, I I jumped the gun a little bit. In fact, I actually had to do a second paperback edition because the first one I had missed some stuff that oh, I needed okay. to yep. fix that mm-hmm. I hadn't caught. And so, uh, you know, with, with the second one I wanted to make sure that everything was perfect before I released yeah. it. Mm-hmm. I um, it. Yeah, and in fact, so I formatted this one, like, like an actual book wildly mm-hmm. enough. Um, okay. And in fact, someone, one of my reviewers mentioned that this time around, like the book was more pleasing to look at. Okay. And I, I was able to DM this person and be like, hey, guess what? There's gonna be a re-release of of Odal of Orchid. I I switched cover designers. And so the the, the woman who did my cover for Lion and the Dahlia, Juniper Lake Fitzgerald, she's also going to do the rest of the series, including mm-hmm. a, new, a new cover for Orchid to match
0: oh, what nice. the other
1: ones are gonna look like. Right. So I am, I, I, this is actually the first time i publicly said this. I think mm. I'm going to be doing a re-release with a new cover that also includes, cause I've mentioned the re-release, but that also will probably include one to two new scenes. So there'll be some like, oh, exclusive nice. content. Yeah. Right. Um, I'm very excited for it. We, we haven't sat down to like really discuss what the new cover is going to look like. Cause oh, okay. I was getting a book ready and she was getting a book ready. Cause she's yeah. also an author. Sure. But so we're going to, probably later this month or maybe next month, we're going to sit down and really like hammer that out. If anyone cool. looking for anyone to do commissions, whether for covers or just art in general, it's at Juniper underscore Lake on Twitter. She is a delightful person and incredible artist, just absolutely wonderful to work with.
0: So she does cover art for books and anything else she does?
1: So she she actually just released, I think it's her third novel, The Modern Mythos Anomaly. She's also got, I should know this, and I don't, and I'm very sorry, Juniper. Uh, She also (laughs) has, she does a series called The Fifth Yanai. The first book is Metanoia, M-E-T-A-N-O-I-A, and the second one is Apotheosis. Uh, And I know that there are going to be, at least one or two other books in that series as well. And
0: what does she write? Like what Um, genre? It's fantasy.
1: And and yes. And in fact, Modern Mythos Anomaly is about a vampire who accidentally hitches a ride with a gentleman, a warlock who lives in Uh a living house. (laughs)
0: that's quite the sentence that's intriguing i've
1: started reading i have not finished it i'm sorry juniper i haven't finished it but i did start reading it and it it is very enjoyable um but yeah so um, i not that this interview is about her but i do want to give credit where credit is due absolutely i think it's gonna put
0: names out there
1: (laughs) oh yeah the book would not look as good without Without the the work that she put into this, it cover, is a it's, very
0: nice looking cover. I I like it.
1: the The paperback the spine is gorgeous. I love it, and the back. So so the the scene that that she depicted. I won't talk too much about it because this this location actually plays a role in two scenes in in Dahlia, and then it also. I had released a short story a couple weeks prior. To book two, called the Observation Deck. Oh yes, where, mm-hmm. yes, and so it, where we first see that uh, that setting is is in that story. And so they're they're in an observation deck on the cover, and the back part of the cover with the blurb on it is also an observation window. Uh-huh. And cool. it's beautiful. I'm it is
0: gorgeous. Like I'm looking at it right now in my email. It's just the the colors are just like pow, you know, they're just like, and I love in the the Lion, the Dahlia, how like the the letters uh-huh. also like are similar to the what they're looking at, which is really cool. We, the really cool
1: effect. We took a long time to actually pick the fonts mm. because I've the first book I had made the decision then that I wanted one font to represent lathe and one to represent dorian one was very like sturdy and and not super fancy and the other was like fancy and cursivey and but i had gotten some feedback about readability from some people about the orchid part of the title and so i wanted something that had the same flavor but that was a bit more like readable and we yeah we went (laughs) We went back and forth for like at least three or four days of of us kind of like pawing through available fonts to see which ones worked, and they're gonna be the ones that are for all the covers because all of the books will be named after those two characters. Um, They're specifically the 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 name that they go by at the brothel. Mm -hmm. Um, I had I had several people when I announced the title it was going to be the lion and the Dahlia. They're like, Oh, where's Dorian? Don't tell me you did something to Dorian. <laughs> right. Like, no. Exactly. Like, no, 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 no. Dorian is the Dahlia. He has changed his name. <laughs> um, yeah. And yes. Yeah, so, so. I don't remember where we first started with this, but it was, it was a process of, of, you know, trying to figure out even what the story was and oh, it was because we were talking about how I'd never written a sequel before. Oh,
0: right, exactly. Well, and we get speaking, so off uh, topic. <laughs> I know. I'm just realizing that do you, do you like to read a portion? I would love yes. to hear
1: it. Yes, I'm gonna. I had debated over what part I was going to read, and Loren, who I mention all the time on here because I can't like function without them as a <laughs> as a writer, uh, they had suggested the scene that I'm going to read. It needs a little bit of setup. But it's, so it's the third scene of the first chapter. There's three scenes. The first two scenes take place at a concert that Leif is giving. So Leif is a pianist and he, he had agreed to do a concert, the brothel, to help raise money for um, the people who got left back on Baldwin. Like I don't want to give too much away about what happened sure, in the first place. Okay. But mm-hmm. there are some people <laughs> who are <laughs> still there. Um, and it is not a good situation. And so he had been asked to do this concert, and Dorian had gotten very snippy because Dorian is a diva and he's very used to being the center of attention.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And the two of them had had a bit of an argument, and then Dorian stormed off and went home. And Leith was going to go after him, and then got pulled aside to do an encore by a character who, in the first book, I didn't realize when I first came up with her that she was going to end up actually being part of the series. Yeah. I needed I needed a pop star for a concert early on in in book one and uh, spoiler alert she actually becomes a bigger part of the story because she uh, she defects from earth and she mm. she moves to Europa and she's actually who helps Dorian and Leith and some of the other people escape Baldwin at the end of the first book okay. but so the, the best the backstory is that he's been at this concert Dorian got snippy and he got tagged to do an encore so this is this is the third scene of the first chapter the first chapter yes okay chapter one all right yes chapter one scene three (laughs) awesome okay (laughs) when i get home that night exhausted and emotionally strung out i almost decide to sleep on the couch i'd had people pawing at me for hours so i'd taken a long shower before i left to wash them all off i'd also been avoiding coming home if i'm being honest dorian's probably passed out by now Waking him up is only going to cause more problems, so I'll just be quiet and talk to him in the morning. But the moment I open our apartment door, I know that's not going to work. Dorian's staring at me from the couch, clutching a glass of wine, one leg crossed over the other. He's ditched the wig, and his long black hair curls a little around his thin face. His heels are sitting on the floor next to the coffee table, but he's still wearing the dress he'd had on tonight. Even with his puffy, bloodshot eyes, running makeup, and angrily pursed lips, he's still so damn beautiful. Thought should would be in bed by now, they say. Couldn't sleep. His voice is thick from crying and his tone is dull. Had a lot on my mind. His hand is shaking and he sloshes some of the wine down his front. It misses the dress, thankfully, but his chest is splattered with red. Either he doesn't notice or he doesn't care because he just drains the rest of his glass. Did you have fun? You know I didn't. He pours himself another glass and slowly sips it in silence. Glancing at the clock above one of our bookshelves, he says, Sure we're out late for someone who was miserable. I didn't have a choice. After you left, I had to do an encore. And then I had to, you didn't have to do anything. You always have a choice, Lee. He slaps the arm of the couch and knocks back the rest of his drink. You're a sub. You know that. Say no. Hell, use your fucking safe words for crying out loud. Leaning against the door and crossing my arms over my chest, I say. And disappoint Yusuf, who's trying to help people we care about. So I get to be the one disappointed then? Is that what you're saying? Door. This was supposed to be a special night, he tells me. I had plans, but everyone else kept getting in the way. He shakes his head, setting his empty glass down on the coffee table. Can't believe the nerve of that bitch. What was her name? Felicity? Felicia. Oh, of course you'd remember that. He glares at me. You enjoyed it. Admit it. All those people fawning over you. You're one to talk. Grinding my teeth, I pour myself a drink from the bar in the corner of our living room. Never met anyone who loves the limelight more than you do. Sometimes I think it's the only thing that keeps you going. Now who's being unfair? As I nurse a bourbon, he says, you know, you're right about one thing. I pushed you to do this. Because you're an amazing pianist. Because I know how much you love it. And because you deserve to know people like you for more than what you can do in bed. I cocked my hip against the bar. So what you're saying is you're mad that you were right. You wanted me to enjoy doing this, but you're pissed that I did. I'm mad because you let it go to your head. And I feel like you left me out in the cold. No, you're mad because I didn't make you the center of attention. We stare each other down. But surprisingly, it's Dorian who breaks first. You acted like a dick and you should apologize, he says. My jaw drops. I'm sorry, I ask incredulously. He shoots to his feet. No, not like that. That wasn't an apology door, I say as he skulks over to me. You know I love you, but he pats my arm condescendingly. You'll get there eventually, Laith. I have every confidence that you first. It pops out of my mouth before I can stop it, but I don't back down. He's being completely ridiculous, and I know he sees that. Even if he can't admit it, frowning, I patiently wait for whatever excuse he has this time. Me first what? He asks, but he's daring me to say it. I take that dare. Apologize to me first. I have nothing to apologize for. You abandoned me the whole night, darling. He pouts. I'm arm candy, and you left me all by myself when I could have been dazzling people with you. I was freaking out. I wasn't thinking. You were loving it. Dorian leans over and brushes some lint off my shoulder. If I got a little snippy, it's because I was hurt. A little snippy? Don't think I didn't hear you muttering to yourself about how I act like I'm better than everyone. He gasps. You weren't supposed to. Oh my gods. So you did say that? You, I, I sputter a bit, grabbing hold of the side of the bar to ground myself. Now you really need to apologize. Darling, don't, I'm so sorry I ruined your plans. Whatever they were. Maybe next time don't shove me into a situation I can't handle. He stomps his foot onto the carpet. But you can handle. You wanted to show me off, didn't you? I throw my arms up into the air, exasperated. That was your big plan. Oh, look at my sub. Isn't he great? I'm such a fucking wonderful dom. Hire me. I was going to collar you, you son of a bitch. I can't tell what's louder. Dorian's gasp or mine. His hands fly to his mouth, his eyes wide, and I stare at him, stunned. Wait, what? My heart swells and plummets at the same time. Nothing, he says, shuffling away. But I gently hold on to his arm to stop him, grabbing a tissue and blotting up the wine he'd spilled on himself. Sir? Dorian fixes his gaze on the floor and sniffles back more tears. Please let go. I pull away from him, forgetting that I'm standing next to the bar. The bottles rattle and clink behind me, the only sound in the heavy silence between us. You really mean that? I ask. His eyes are trained on the carpet. Bought it before Yousef even planned this concert. But I never knew when to ask you. His voice is choked when he adds, when he came up with the idea, I, I knew. I didn't want to take away from your spotlight, and I wasn't going to, like, ask you on stage or anything. He sighs. I had this whole thing planned. After we left, I was going to take you to that observation deck. You know, the one where you can see the great red spot. I know which one you mean. My voice is barely a whisper. When his eyes meet mine, there's more sadness in them than I've ever seen. I wanted to make a memorable night even more memorable. Give you a chance to shine. Let everyone see how wonderful you are. Then make you mine. Officially. Show me? I ask, tears in my eyes. He doesn't even hesitate. He grabs his purse off the coffee table and pulls out the collar. It's beautiful. It matches the black leather cuffs that have been on my wrists for most of our relationship, but it has D-rings connected with a lock in the shape of a silver lion charm. Oh my god, sir. I breathe. It's perfect. I'm sorry I was an ass, he says. "It, It felt like I was being left behind, and I panicked. I worried I was doing the wrong thing, or that you'd fall for someone else. Forget all about me. He squirms a little, then admits, it's still hard for me, being with someone. It's bad enough that I lost Kenny. I don't want to lose you, too. That makes me ache with grief. Kenny's a former client of Dorian's. The two of them had fallen in love with each other long before I'd ever come along. Neither of them willing to admit it to the other. He's Dorian's partner, but he and I had met before things had gone to shit on Baldwin, and we'd hooked up a few times. He'd been arrested the same night Dorian and I left. He's missing now, presumably in prison back on Earth for helping us escape. Unlike our coworkers from Love we haven't heard anything about him since then. We're going to get Kenny back, and you're not going to lose me. I run my fingers through his hair and down his face, then rest them over his heart. I didn't see any of those people, I tell him truthfully. You know my eyes were on you, right? But he doesn't say anything, I add. I only remember Felicia's name because she pissed me off so much. Dorian laughs and puts his hand over mine. Guess she and I have something in common, huh? He stands there, gripping onto the collar, nervously rocking back and forth on his heels. My eyes fixate on the silver lion charm, watching it dangle. The only sounds in the room are the clock ticking on the wall and the two of us sniffling. My fingers itch to reach out and grab the leather band, but I take a deep breath and hold back. This is his collar, only he can put it on me. doesn't stop me from lowering myself to my knees, hands behind my back, spine not too straight, head level. The only difference from my normal subservient position is that my eyes aren't on the floor, they're on him. His eyes are still wet when he gazes down at me and slicks my hair back. What are you doing, darling? I didn't tell you to put it on me, Dor. Sir, Please. He shrinks a little, worrying at his bottom lip. For a few moments, he looks like he's going to do it. Then he pulls back and fidgets his hands. When he notices he's doing it, he stops. But one hand finds its way to his mouth, and he starts chewing on his thumbnail. I'm not used to him being so indecisive, or me being so bold. He's a dom, my dom, and he's normally in control of himself. Maybe even more than he is of me. But finally, he sinks to his knees next to me, pulls a key out of his bra, and unlocks the charm in the middle of the collar. His hand shakes a bit as he pulls it tight around my neck, and I give him a reassuring smile. I want this, sir, I tell him, more than anything. Dorian shuts the lock with a deep breath and a loud click. The moment it's on, it feels like it's been there for years. He leans back to get a good look at me, his fingertips resting against his chest. Oh, sweetie, it really is perfect. His voice is thick with emotion. I'm on my feet and sweeping him up into my arms. As I spin him around and carry him to our bedroom, I think about what's just happened. We're not, like, married or anything, at least not in the legally binding sense, but it's close. I lay him down on the bed and he pulls me onto him, rolling us over so that he's on top. Unsipping the back of his dress, I give him a deep kiss, moaning into his mouth as he tugs on my collar. I'm sorry, Leith he says, while well, I take off his dress. You deserved all that attention tonight, and I got jealous. You can make it up to me now, I say, grinning. Rat. But his tone is gentle as he swats my arm. You're an amazing pianist, sweetie. You're... his voice catches. You're an amazing everything. I can tell he really means that. You're not so bad yourself, sir. Oh, I know. He strips off his off my clothes, tossing them over the side of the bed, then presses his forehead to mine. I'm sorry about how I acted and about what I said. Can you forgive? Cutting him off with a kiss, I wrap my arms around him and pull him down on top of me, his weight comforting and familiar on my body. The two of us lie there, the leather of my wrist cuffs rubbing against his back as I run my fingers up and down his spine. Dorian's lips trail from my mouth to my neck and down my chest. Then his tongue traces the lines of my top surgery scars as he drags his short red fingernails down my side. Leaving tiny kisses on the way back up, he drives his tongue into my mouth again while sliding his hand between the two of us to play with me. "'Scoot up,' he tells me, putting his hair up in a messy bun. "'When I've scrambled further up the bed, "'he presses me down and buries his face in my cunt, "'sliding his tongue up and down the length of it. "'I shiver and relax against the pillows, "'melting at his hot breath, drifting over my cock. "'He oh-so-slowly sucks on it, humming as he spreads my lips. "'Then he kisses his way toward my pulsating hole, "'teasing it with his tongue. "'God, do you have any idea how perfect you are?' "'he asks, staring up at me. "'Door, I'm not. "'Shh.' "'He draws small circles around my cock with his finger, "'grinning when I buck my hips.' What have I told you? You're perfect if I say you're perfect. darting his tongue in and out of me before fully plunging it inside, he moans and reaches up to draw his nails down my stomach. His other hand slides underneath me to grab onto one of my ass cheeks. His nose rubs against my cock and he sighs after he takes a deep breath. Delicious, he says when he comes up for air. Am I? My breath hitches as I ask because he's literally grabbed me by the shortened curlies so it doesn't come out as the sexy challenge I'd meant it to be. I gasp at the mixture of pain and pleasure, silently willing him to tug harder. He doesn't answer at first, and this time when he inhales, it's with the tip of his nose sliding through the slickness of my cunt. You smell delicious, he tells me. Then he tongues my entrance before adding, and you taste delicious. Dorian grabs me by the hips and flips us over so that I'm on top again, my cunt hovering over his mouth. And you look good enough to eat. I blush, giving him a coy smile as I lower myself onto his face. He drives his tongue as deep inside of me as it'll go, almost but not quite brushing up against my G-spot. The noises he's making are nothing short of obscene, But so are the moans and gasps he pulls from me with the way he's swirling his tongue. Eventually, he taps my ass, and I raise my hips up to give him some breathing room. Play with yourself for me, slut. He pants, his tone desperate, almost pleading. I'm not coming up for air until you've come. Grabbing onto the headboard, I grip my cock, rubbing my thumb over the head as I tug on myself. Dorian grabs hold of my ass and presses into my cunt again, curling his tongue to drive it in and out of me in a punishing rhythm. Hit me, I beg. Fuck, please, sir. Dorian spanks me hard and digs his fingernails into my side. As my climax builds, he slaps me again and again, and one of his nails almost punctures my skin. The exquisite pain sends me over the edge. I cry out as I rest my head against the headboard and force myself not to collapse on top of his face. I shudder, my legs barely able to hold me up while Dorian slides out from under me. Then I'm thrusting through aftershocks into one of our pillows, and he's wrapping his arms around me from behind, his lips brushing against the soft skin below my ear. He slips a hand between my cunt and the pillow rubbing my cock until I come again. I lean my head back against Dorian's shoulder, relishing the words he's cooing in my ear. So beautiful, he says, so perfect. He leaves a trail of kisses from one shoulder to the other, then takes my mouth in his, the taste of myself on his lips and tongue. When we break apart, he rests his head in the crook of my neck, nuzzling my collar with his nose. He breathes deeply, telling me how much he loves me. I swivel around, lie down, and spoon him from behind. Love you too, baby. I reach for his hard, leaking cock. It's late, darling, he says regretfully, turning to look up at me. Besides, you have nothing to make up for. You're no fun, I pout. He grins and boops my nose, then lies down on his back. That's not what you usually tell me, you brat. Fine, I huff, but I'm smiling, resting my hand on his belly, which is a little fuller than when I'd first met him, I add. Then I'm going to devour you in the morning. You better, he says with a grin, pulling me down for a kiss. Dorian curls up into me, his fingers playing with the lock of my collar. I love you, sweetie. Inhaling the scent of his shampoo as I press my face into his hair, I say, Love you too, sir. The two of us fall asleep, wrapped in each other's arms.
0: Aww. That's <laughs> so, like, endearing. Like, it's just... <laughs> <laughs> love it. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. It's sometimes fun to write a scene when it doesn't go all the way, right? Don't you <laughs> think? Like, you know, sometimes I think it's important to do to the story, you know? Like...
1: We'll be back after
0: a quick break. This episode is brought to you by the Spring Cleaning Champions. Manscaped. This season, make sure the man in your life grooms his carpets, In your pants, if you're a man, <laughs> spring clean your groin area. Try smooth. Try it with Manscaped.
1: I I actually wrote that particular sex scene for a friend of mine because. Oh, okay. Uh, we were talking, um, or it was it was inspired by something they said, which was that they when they read book one, they really wanted a scene where Dorian just went to absolute town on Leif. Okay. Their, their phrasing was, I want him to go feral on it. <laughs> <laughs> because it's, it's, I don't want to say that it's super rare to mm-hmm. find books where, like, a cis guy and a trans guy are together. Mm-hmm. It's There's a lot of those. But, I I I feel like a lot of times like the characters are either like trans guys not okay with that part of his body or
0: mm,
1: okay they sort of like skirt around it a little bit and so because Dorian is Dorian like he doesn't have uh we'll say genital preferences like he he prefers like masks like like men and and trans masks who are like Another character basically says he has to be the pretty one in his relationship like he doesn't okay. like women he doesn't like femmes but he doesn't necessarily care what's in someone's pants like and okay. so I, I had that particular friend of mine go like we should have a scene where where he just absolutely lavishes life and attention yeah, um, yeah. But I, I do like writing scenes where like one partner is just giving attention to the other right. or like when partner not in the mood or I, I have Omar who revealed the name she, she, she chooses. Uh, it's Sabri. She oh. is actually Ace Flux. Okay. And so her relationship with Leif isn't always going to be sexual, oh, um, sure. but she also understands that like he is a sexual being. Right. and and so there's, Sorry, there there might be at some point some scenes where like she isn't really in the mood for her to have anything done, but she's right. okay with like helping him along or whatever. Okay, sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but I haven't written much of the two of them yet because I I'm still figuring out like what book three looks like. I'm going I'm debating between doing dual POV Dorian and lath or just oh, having okay. it be Dorian again. I want to give readers a, a chance to see Leif and Savory actually start being a couple because oh, yeah. the way that this book plays out, the way that book two plays out, by the end of it, they are they've basically promised like once things settle down a little bit, like we will revisit this because mm-hmm. like we sure. want this, but we also know. That right now is maybe not the best time, and so I wanted to give readers like their first actual date, and and you know uh, some of them sort of like developing as a couple. And in order to do that, I have to make book three dual POV. Mm-hmm. But I'm also considering. I was actually talking to to Loren last night about this. I'm considering doing the short story that comes out prior to book three. I'm thinking it might be that that is that short story, like them Mm -hmm. building a bit of a relationship because that's between, I didn't obviously release one before book one came out, but I did write a short story called The Things We Pretend that is a prequel to book one. It's from Kenny's point of view and it's prior to, to the first book, it's him thinking about him and Dorian And how they basically are lying to each other about, about how they feel, or at least he knows he is lying to Dorian about how he feels and he suspects that Dorian is lying to him. Um, And then, so I released that. So that's like prior to the series. And then the observation deck comes in between book one and book two. So there's going to be one that comes in between book three and book, book two and book three. And then another one that's going to come in between book three and four, sure. which I know what that one is—the one that, ah. that comes before book four. <laughs> um, but I, I was debating what the one that comes out before the third book is, and I think, I think it's going to be because I, I really want to give them room to sort of like play around in that space and sure. and figure out who they are without having it detract from the plot of book three or or on the on the flip side of that to have the fact that there's you know a lot of stuff going on in book three detract from readers getting to see them. So so I'm I'm thinking that that they'll get their own little like it's probably going to be longer than a short story. I don't know if it's going to be like super long. It's not going to be a book. It'll and it'll be probably only available like as an ebook the way that the short stories are yeah right right which but I, the way it works better yep yeah well and i i don't there's like the the short stories that i've released so far are like 20 something pages i don't even think they can be print
0: yeah if they're too small they don't even like work in print like you know no yeah exactly unless you're gonna pile them up together but then that really doesn't make sense for yours because they're in between other books so you wouldn't you'd want to even combine them into a book. Like, it wouldn't even really mm. make sense.
1: No, and I, I do have... So I, I've i recently been planning out, like, because I've been getting ideas for, for other related books that I, I would like to do. Sure. And I've had an idea for a while to do a couple of short story collections because mm-hmm. not only do I have other things that I want to do with with Lathan Dorian and their other partners, but there are other characters, especially the sex workers at the brothel, that mm-hmm. I want to kind of play around with because they a lot of them, especially like don't get much screen time or when they do, it's a character is needed here to have a conversation with and and not in the sense that they are throwaway characters. Like I'm very careful to create characters that even if they're on page for just a scene, Right. They have their own personality. They have their own like yep. they're the the main character of their own story. That's just not this story kind of a thing. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. And I I I have one particular character in book two. Her name is Eunice, and she is a client of late. She's she's like in her seventies. She's absolutely adorable. Readers have loved her so far, and I I want to write a novella about her and her late husband how they met and fell in love um and that one because it's a prequel but it's not super tied to anything like it would be about like 50 years before the story oh, okay. of work even started uh-huh. so like most of the characters aren't even born yet and the right? ones that are, are like <laughs> babies it would be like i think the only people who would be alive at that point are yusef his wife bell and kenny I think that's mm,
0: it. I think it's okay. so weird to think about. Yeah. <laughs> I think
1: it's wild. And it, it also takes place on Europa Station mm. and not on Baldwin Station. So I don't have that same plot oh, line. Like, sure. so I, I that one I've actually been considering querying and, and trying to try to publish that. But oh, sure, novellas aren't really like picked up by trad publishers. Oh, are so they? May, no. So I may okay. have to. I'm I'm okay expanding it into a novel. I love her mm-hmm. very much. Like I wouldn't be wanting to write a story about her if she wasn't the nice. guest. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, the other day I was, I was figuring out like the, like the expanded world, like the, the, the books that I, or short stories that I'd want to do. And it's, there's quite a few <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know. That's like me, too. I was like way too many things I want to write. I just need more time. Right. We need more time. <laughs>
1: well, and, and what's nice is that, like, I have I have readers who at this point are just invested in yeah. these characters mm-hmm, yes. and so want to i have i have somebody who just messaged me today to be like i feel bad asking this but tell me you're already writing book three
0: i don't <laughs> right? write you're like wow i just went I'm live like, i'm, like, I'm <laughs> like i am but like
1: when <laughs> i i made the mistake i think of waiting until my first book was out before i started working on book two
0: oh, because it, yeah yeah
1: it i I think it's part of why it took so long, but I will say that I don't regret the amount of time it took because the the book that I put out is excellent, and I'm not saying that to toot my own horn. I mean, like, it wasn't oh, I wrote this first draft and then I put it out into the world. Like, there was a small village of people right. who who helped to make this what it was, and my acknowledgements are full of like, here are the people who made sure this book did not suck. Because right. it absolutely <laughs> could have. Right. And even up until like uh, my proofreader, like who was like one of the last people to read it. Yeah. Like, was, was finding things. Forever. Oh, doesn't that drive like, you crazy? No. I mean, it, be it honest, happens. like it happens. And mm-hmm. so one of, one of my beta readers uh who, she also does a lot of 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 art of my characters. Okay. It's uh, Haraimoo uh, H A I R A I M O O. I think on on Twitter. Okay, she absolutely despises one of my characters um, <laughs> who. Fair, fair, because so it's it's Peter Yee who um, he is literally the most divisive character I've ever ever come up with. People either love him or hate him. There's actually there's merchandise available. The reason why I even have merch is because people wanted to be able to buy Team (laughs) Peter and Team Fuck You Peter merchandise. Um, Yeah, it's great. It's (laughs) hilarious. And the art is so good. My friend Em Harding, who is another writer but also does art. They did an incredible job on their their bunny slippers. Okay. one is just bunny <laughs> slippers, and the other is the bunny slippers are on fire um, <laughs> and uh it's so uh this this person like she absolutely despises Peter and is beta in my book with with that absolutely fiery passion hatred in in yeah. her heart. <laughs> um, but was able to point out a place where, like I, because because Leif and Peter actually become friends despite okay. what happened. Something happens in book one where Peter is absolutely in the wrong, and it's part of why people hate him. But there was an incident that a lot of readers just find absolutely unforgivable, and I oh, I get right. that for them. But Peter as a character is. Oh, more so than some of the other characters, is capable of extreme growth, and and that's okay. part of the underlying story of the first four books. Is mm-hmm. the way that Peter grows as a person because he he's a character that was only supposed to be in one scene in the first book, and then he kept popping up like a bad penny. <laughs> and <Right>. I realized, <laughs> you're right? I realized that he actually is sort of the part of the spine of the story and and he actually convinced me I say this as if he talked to me but I know right I get it (laughs) convinced me to to give him his own book and so the fifth book in the series is is going to be his own story and so so Karima had suggested some stuff to to help the reader orient themselves to why Lath had forgiven Peter for what he did and why ah, they became okay. friends. Yep. And she was in like the third wave of people who read it, the third or fourth wave of people who read it. So by that point, like most of the story was already set and everything was yeah. good. Mm-hmm. But to have her find that and point that out and right. and to to because I shared. Some, some rewriting on a particular scene and I, I had her go through it again to see like how she felt about it and so like, I don't I don't hate when people find things I did hate when two days before I was set <laughs> to publish or or to yeah. send in the ebook there's a character who is bald I explicitly say that he is bald okay and three times in the same scene where I said he was bald People pull his hair. Oh, whoops! And oh, nobody gosh. caught it, including me. Man, so the book was up, so was painful. Out. I know. It hit it. So, like, <laughs> that's that's something that was on me, and I should have caught. It. But, <laughs> but it Elsa happened. And- <laughs> it does. Alpha and beta readers are there to catch those things that you're yeah. too lost in your own sauce. Because I personally love Peter,
0: right? So, look, like, <laughs> I know.
1: I know his storyline and I know like the inner workings of his brain and, and why he is the way he is and Uh who he, who he will be eventually, but readers don't know that. And so to have her point that out or to like, to have, I had another, uh, I can't remember if it was an alpha or a beta beta uh, point out, actually it was, it was a couple of my alphas point out that there was some stuff towards the end because it is, there is a, a murder mystery afoot during the book hmm. and towards the end um, like before the reveal of who the killer is and and you know during the reveal there was some stuff that didn't quite add up or make sense and it was because I had actually originally in an earlier draft it had been someone else who, hmm. who, had, killed, who had killed this character and I changed it and I, I needed to fix some things up. Like I need people to point out to me when something doesn't make sense because I can't see it. It's all in my head. Yeah. Exactly. So like, I, I know, what you're know saying. I know what my thought process was and it's not always easy to, to like put that on the page. Um, yes, I, 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 I've, I've seen people on Twitter, especially, which is, a cesspool for writing opinions to be honest
0: sometimes it can be yeah
1: but I've I've seen people like say oh I don't need alphas I don't I don't need beta readers I don't need this I don't need that I'm like you do you do really do sometimes you just can't catch it all or exactly like you you know you know from experience that you write something and you go yes this is perfect the way it is and then someone else reads it and goes, you know that, like, this character does not make any sense. Right. Or like, you know, you do need those perspectives. You really do. Loren once caught that I had given a character three hands on accident.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> because Whoops. there was there was a, a sex scene in the first book and where one of the characters did something with one hand and something with another hand. And then I mentioned a, he did something with a different hand. And Laura like circled it basically and went, where is this third hand coming?
0: You know, right. (laughs) This is not an alien. This is,
1: (laughs) And I I do have an alien and even he doesn't. He He doesn't even have three hands. He doesn't have three hands. (laughs) (laughs) It has tentacles though. It does have tentacles. (laughs) But so I, I, I see like, and I've, I've learned that there's just no point in arguing with those people.
0: Exactly. Um, you just let them go. You just you let do. them
1: go. And then, you do. and then let them complain that they're not getting sales or that their reviews are bad. Like
0: right. It's kind of like I, letting go of a bad review. You just have to let it go.
1: And it's it's <laughs> been interesting because so, so Orchid has been out in October, it'll be two years. Okay. And um, I surprisingly have not actually had a lot of bad reviews. That's I've gotten good gotten a few so if you if you check goodreads it's like the amount of of three four and five star reviews is astronomical compared to the smattering of one or two stars That's and a lot good. of them are just ratings like they didn't they didn't leave reviews yeah and it's the reviews that i have gotten that were more negative a lot of them either like misunderstood in yeah. mm-hmm. or one one reviewer in particular didn't get that dorian was an unreliable narrator um okay who lies to himself and and everybody sees through him like that's Mm -hmm. that's a whole big thing in the first book is that like everyone in his life sees through his bullshit except he thinks he's lying really well yeah Yeah. right right (laughs) and and most readers do catch that but this particular one did not and left I mean, it was it was a lot of it seemed like it was sort of like their own pain and trauma, like they were. Yeah, it, so it, you're gonna get that, that. Yeah, and it meant that like they really connected with with Dorian, and so I didn't see it so much as like I'm not gonna yell at somebody for a bad review, like but especially no, no, especially no. not one where like. I can tell that there's something going on under the surface there. Yeah. Yep. And and I think part of why my reviews have been overwhelmingly positive is that I basically warn people off
0: immediately. <laughs> sure, yeah. Like
1: mm-hmm. I put the critique the the content warnings like right on Amazon. I I have an author's note at the beginning of the book that makes it very clear that this is going to be queer it's going to be pro-sex work it's going to be anti-fascist like right. it's going to be all these things so yeah. i think like the people that that would not resonate with just don't read it it's,
0: yeah they wished wouldn't even get it exactly uh-huh. right yes, yes. that's a good thing to do to, to get rid of the you know but there's still some people who might slip mm-hmm. through and still get it and then yeah
1: yeah yeah and it's it's um it, it's funny because I expected by this point that I would have one of those like one-star reviews, yelling about how woke it was, that I could use for promotional material. <laughs> and I haven't gotten one.
0: Yeah, I know. Sometimes I like actually like hearing the me so angry because like if you feel that angry, I have affected you. You know what I've, I mean? Like,
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. I have absolutely bought a book because someone went on a hateful rant the Sorry. author or the book or whatever like i even if i didn't have an interest in the book i am now interested in what right. to buy and support you it's I, I love it i love doing that especially if it's like oh there are queer people blah blah i'm like yeah i'm buying that book now you hated it i'm, I'm there exactly
0: now i must have that book i know exactly. he's <laughs> <Right. laughs>
1: <laughs> i must know Yeah, exactly. one of one of them was so casey mcquinston who wrote uh red white and World blue they also wrote a sapphic novel called oh, one okay. last stop i still mm-hmm. have not read that book but i bought it because some somebody on tiktok was reviewing it and was mm. like yeah I, I didn't really like this one i'm okay with red white and blue royal blue cuz it's two guys but two women together is weird to me or something and i went click <laughs>
0: oh, <geez>. buying
1: immediately <laughs> and i was among like thousands of people who saw that video and th- th- yeah. that that author that author really made out like a bandit after that video <laughs> came out. Cause we all went, Oh, I hate this woman and we're going to buy her. Yeah. Now.
0: <laughs> nice. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Fantastic.
1: It's weird thinking that like, I've been published for almost two years. Like yeah. it's, and to see like, cause I now technically have six things published because one of them is Bellow, okay. a Kindle Bella story yeah. that is not finished and is technically not canon. Uh, but I, sorry, I have the two books, I have three short story or two short stories and I, I have the short story collection that's unrelated and I keep forgetting that that's the case. And mm. then like, I'll, I'll I will admit I do, I do look at reviews. So I'll like go to Goodreads or whatever and I'll be like, oh, right. I have things out. like
0: <laughs> I know. Hey, I'm awesome. Right. I know. <laughs> so fun though. Right. And doesn't time go fast? Like when you think about that, you're like, wait, what? It's been two years. What?
1: Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I. I mean, you're also talking to somebody who I. I still think that 1990 was 10 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a millennial, or are supposed to, I guess. But it's it is. It's very weird to think that, like, to almost. I mean, at this point, it's a year and a half. But like, even that, like, mm-hmm. in a year and a, in a year and a half, the amount of things that I've accomplished, and yeah, it's. I'm very hard on myself. One of my, I I, I live with uh, several people. And one of them was someone that I met actually before, no, after, after I published the book, who like we became friends and like, he didn't know how much of a workaholic I really was. And he and he has had to like force me to like get off the computer and go do things. Because I guess. I, I, well, and the thing is that these characters are my comfort characters. They're my hyper fixation. Like yeah. they're, they're more than just like, characters I write and right and I in a lot of ways that's not a bad thing because right. they mm-hmm. I think are more real because of that like yeah. I, mm-hmm. I get comments from people who are like your characters are very realistic or they're very deep and they're very vivid like right. I, someone recently said that they forgot that their characters and not like real oh that's cool yeah nice comment and, and it's it was oh my god it was I when I first published and I got compliments, I literally would hide in my shirt. Like people think I'm joking about that, but I would literally like <laughs> retreat into whatever shirt I was wearing Aww. because I couldn't handle. I couldn't handle it. And right. and now like now I either cry or, <laughs> or like I still shrink a little bit. And and uh, and I will yeah. admit that some of that is like thanks childhood trauma, mm. but Usually, it's also mm-hmm. like. I cannot believe people are reading. Well, and just think like about it. if
0: you hadn't started, you know what I mean? Like if you hadn't started, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? This is this is a testament to people just need uh-huh. to do it. You know, you just need to
1: yeah. do it. Well, I I'm glad you said that because I would actually I've been writing and I, I think I've mentioned this before, I've been writing since I was a kid. Right. And I never, I never finished anything because mm-hmm. I would get halfway through and I just couldn't figure out how to go forward and I wasn't allowing myself to jump around or to start over again to kill my darlings right. to mm-hmm. and so before I was writing Orchid I was writing a completely different book that again I wrote like I think there was like nine different drafts of that book and I never finished
0: oh, wow. it wow wow
1: because I couldn't quite get it right and it's very funny because I've since realized that the main characters in that story are um a they're basically the proto Dorian and Laithe. Um, sure. Oh yeah. yeah, I know what you're there saying. Was, there was a there was an a fem non-binary character named Parker. And and Dorian is not non-binary. Like, he does not identify with that label at all. He has his own form of masculinity and manhood that that works for him. But there was there was this character that was very like sassy and kind of a diva. And then there was this more like stoic like uh laid back like dude, who not laid back. Sorry, he was actually a a, a nervous wreck. Now that I I think about it, but like mm. he was he was definitely not as like in your face like I'm the star as as this other character was. And so about a I'm gonna say like about six months or so after Orchid came out, I was rereading something in it in the book that I had been working on prior to to that book, and I went, oh, oh my god this is why I couldn't tell this story It's because these characters did not belong in this story. They belonged in, in, in the one that I told. And so like I, if I were to give writers any advice on number one, yes, you were correct. Start just start. Mm -hmm. Like you don't know what's going to happen, but also like give yourself permission to put something down and start something new. Give yourself permission to say, this isn't working or this is not a story that I can tell right now and, and be willing to either come back to it later or, you know, give up on it entirely because you found something else. And also like give yourself permission to try things that you didn't think you would. Because I definitely mentioned this both times I've been on here already. (laughs) I was not going to write erotic fiction. I was not going to write explicit sex. And the thing is, it's not because of like me. I'm a slut as, it's all get out. Like right. it's not that I'm, <laughs> I'm sex averse or anything. It right. was that I had really erroneous ideas mm. about, about the type of, of writer or the type of writing that you can do with that. And cause mm. my, I had been marketing my books as erotica and they're not like between desire and satisfaction, the, the short story collection that is, mm-hmm. but the, the Orchid and the Lion series is not, it is, a full on proper story that just includes very explicit sex and right. it's mm-hmm. not something that you see very often like you see right. it in romance and occasionally you'll see it in like there's some literary fiction that will include explicit sex although it's always really awkward mm-hmm. like it doesn't reads weird and yeah and it
0: feels weird i know what you're saying mm-hmm.
1: it's often very like i have issues with the way that that literary fiction writes sex in general because some of it seems very coercive or Mm. like unnecessarily like no one's enjoying it
0: all right yeah Mm -hmm. yeah
1: like it's very like just does it feels very stilted and very like well well i guess i gotta write this now like right (laughs) if you're gonna write it have fun with it like exactly oh for sure i wrote so so when i i first started writing orchid I got to the first sex scene, which actually happens in the first chapter. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the second or third scene of the the chapter. And I finished writing the the sexy bits of it and I went, Oh, that was fun. Let's do this again. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and and I, love it. I was I realized what was holding me back was that the story that I was meant to tell was one that I would never have allowed myself to tell mm-hmm. before I started working yeah. on it, if sure. that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And and so, like, I want people to know that, like, it is okay to go outside of your comfort zone and to try yes. something that, because it can be, it's so rewarding to have Great. people. I a friend of mine, actually, she was not going to read my book because sex scenes for her are usually very, very miss. Uh, yes. And it's not really, like, the genre that is, because she she was still under the, the, assumption that it was erotica that that was basically what oh, it was okay and I was like you know what if you want to read the book you can skip the sexy bits and she's right. like okay mm-hmm. sure so she did finally read it and she read the entire thing she didn't skip a single word oh okay. and she because she got like I want to say it was like 60 70 pages in and she's like where's all the sex like there's a lot oh! of it. there's so much <laughs> of it but like she was expecting it to be like every page, people are just pulling oh, their dicks out. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> and she actually ended up proofreading. She was mm-hmm. the proofreader that I had for book two. Oh, um, okay. Because she absolutely fell in love with the characters, and she wanted nice. to have she wanted to have a role in in getting this book out there. And so, like it it it's just about like yes, I get paid for this, but not a lot. Like I I could be paid more.
0: Like right. I would love to mm-hmm. be paid
1: more. But I've made so many friends and met so many cool people and and been a part of so many cool, like, experiences. Because I had the balls to to actually put something out there and and to do it self-pubbed, which is a scary thing into its own, right?
0: Oh, it is. And I think we did talk about this before, too, where Mm -hmm. you didn't think you would be able to get this story out if you had gone with a traditional pub.
1: No, and I honestly feel like even if I had, I think they would have dropped it.
0: They would, Yeah, or they would have, you know, said change this or change that. Mm-hmm.
1: Right. Yeah, they, they probably would not have, have published the whole series, especially not with the way things are. Right. And right. And so mm-hmm. I, I and I was even small things like I didn't want to change the names of the characters. Right. Like mm-hmm. I had those names for a reason. And it's not like yeah. they have any deep hidden meaning, although like Leif, his name does actually mean lion. But like, oh, OK, it. That was because he, at that point, was not thinking he was going to stick around long. He was taking a name that made sense because, you know, he was going to be there for, he was thinking, like, a couple of months and he was going to dip. And now, like, this is his life. Like, he loves it. But so, like, they don't necessarily have any, like, deep hidden meaning. But they're the names those characters wanted. Because other than there were, like, two, maybe three characters total that I like specifically looked up and 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 like searched for names for them one was lace because i wanted a name that means lion one is a character named tipu who she's not in in book two but she is in book one her name means tiger and then okay. i spent a good like three four hours trying to find a new name for the character who used to be named Omar because oh, I wanted okay. to pick one that I felt really fit her mm-hmm. and and who she wanted to be as a character. But mm-hmm. other than those like three, as I was writing, as a new character popped into the story, their name was already there. It was right. very, it was like I was pulling these people like out of the ether and they weren't like fully formed. I had to like work on, on yeah. some of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Their name, like they told me their name. Like, yeah. I did not come up with that. Right. Um, and so, like, I I wouldn't have wanted to change that, to change right. those names. Because yeah. they're part of what makes them them. Right. And and I get that the traditional publishing is like, oh, you know, we there's already a blockbuster series with a main character named Bella. Or there's already a blockbuster series yeah. with a romantic interest named Rowan. So we can't do this. But, like... Right. Number one, I wasn't using either of those names. But yeah, number two, right, but yeah. like mm-hmm. it, people are allowed to have more than one character named Edward in their head.
0: Exactly. <laughs> like, yes, and you're gonna run into that stuff with publishers. Uh-huh. And you know, and, and so that's what's so valuable to be able to do what we're doing. And and today it's never happened in history before where we can do what we're doing. And so that's it's like huge. I mean it's just and huge.
1: I am I am nervous because of what's happening with ai right now yeah. um especially because people are just dumping ai written books onto amazon and and other another publishing platforms and it's like that that book is not a book like it okay. sure it has words it has paragraphs it has pages yeah. whatever but like there's no art to it there's no soul to it and i know people who would get mad for saying that, like, oh, you're just elitist. I'm not. Human beings create art, whether it's good art or bad art doesn't. That's true. I would Mm -hmm. have the shittiest human made art on my wall, like the wonkiest stick figures (laughs) before I would ever put AI art in my home because there's no soul, right? Exactly. It's
0: so true. So true.
1: It's already bad enough, the reputation Mm -hmm. that self-published authors get.
0: I know. Isn't that the truth? Exactly
1: and there are people who won't read self-published works because like oh they're all bad no no there are some of us out there who and i'm not a perfect writer by any means like i know there are still things that i need to do to to be better at my craft i know that like my first book is is getting an overhaul i already said that like there are things that i want to fix in there but it was my first book like it was not it wasn't going to be perfect right. but it, i did work on that for nine months i i worked on the second book for over a year and that's not oh i told chat gpt name of a character and a basic gist and they spat out a book for me like i that's not writing just exactly. like exactly like stealing people's artwork and and having a computer like mush it all together that's not that's not art,
0: i know you know i saw some sort of clip recently which was kind of jarring that i didn't even really think about this till now but it was this kid and it it said give me a story on volcanoes and it just mm-hmm. spit out the story and then the kid turned it in like holy uh-huh. fucking shit
1: well and and colleges and high schools are now having to deal with that and in fact i've seen yeah.
0: some,
1: i've seen some very funny uh situations where like the kid didn't actually proofread he just let the the ai shoot the okay. the, the essay out and yep, turn it yep. in and there are lines in these essays of like oh as an artificial intelligence i can't blah 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 and the teacher <laughs> would like circle the line and be like this is hilarious dude like it's, <laughs> if you're gonna do that like make sure you check it first just read it for a frick's sake at least read well and plagiarism has been an issue in the past where there were there were websites where you could get essays Mm -hmm. like there have been since I was in high school probably a little bit before and like teachers would have students run their papers because I I had to do this when I was in in high school Mm and to run our papers through like a website to check to make sure Mm -hmm. that we hadn't plagiarized and and like there were there were stories of like like white dudes turning in a paper on something and then like part of the paper said like oh as a young black woman and the (laughs) teacher like circling like you gotta you you gotta check people you gotta let a computer write your your paper um (laughs) yeah it's it's i am i am nervous about
0: happen i know right
1: yeah and and it may be that like for a while we're just gonna have to deal with this influx yeah shout a bit louder and i personally am going to start putting a note in that i have not used any ai generated material um, Yeah, right because i i want my readers to know that like i am i am putting in so much work Exactly. This
0: is not this is not that's getting spit out from anywhere but hardcore long grueling hours of work.
1: And hon- honestly, I'll say this: I don't think an AI would put up with writing a million words to get to a hundred and forty k. No, story. it would go. <laughs> it would, it would, the computer would explode. <laughs> yeah. it would. Or if if I ask, because I I edited book two at least seven thousand times because I edit <laughs> as I go, like I edit as I write. Oh, I okay. So I've gone through like a bajillion other edits. I went over it with a fine tooth comb before I gave it to Alpha's. I edited again before I gave it to my critique partner. I edited again. Before I went and. and reworked the stuff that my critique partner and I had talked about. Mm-hmm. I edited again before I gave it to the second round of Alpha's. I edited again before I gave it to my critique partner for the yeah. developmental edit. Yeah. I edited Again, before I gave it to Betas. And I edited again before I set it up for ARCs. Like. Literally, no one, including an AI, is going to put up with that process. No, I a exactly. Wild process, and it, <laughs> it puts out a decent book. Like right, I am yeah. proud of the work that I put out, especially with this second novel. But yeah, also, I didn't sleep. Awesome.
0: Yeah, I, I know, sleep. right? <laughs>
1: like, I no sleeping. I, I got into some really unhealthy habits um, mm. in terms of sleeping and eating and copious yeah. amounts of drinking. Um, <laughs> I I I had this joke that Dorian and I were gonna get sober together because he is also a uh, Western grade Alcoholic. <laughs> and he got he got sober before I did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. He gets sober. <laughs> um because I the, the the second book is is because it's told from a different point of view. It's it's told yeah. from its point of view. Right. Um, there's a, a bit of a tonal shift and and it's on purpose, especially because they're on a new space station, which is not litsy and glamorous like Baldwin was. This mm-hmm. is salt of the earth. People live here. It's, it's dirtier. It's grittier. It's falling apart. It's an older station. Like it was never meant to be what it is. And it became what it was because of people moving there. And so like, I, I tone is, is different. And Leif is better at feeling his feelings than Dorian is. And, mm-hmm. and there's more angst and there's more, you know, there's, there's the, the, a lot of the book revolves around the relationship problems they're having. Yeah, and sure. and oh, yeah. mm-hmm. so like, it's, uh, it was a much harder book to write than the first one. So it's a big part of why it took so long.
0: Do you think the third um, one will be even harder or do you think it, do you anticipate it being so, easier? So
1: I've promised people I've promised alpha's betas and, and some of my arc readers that book three is going to be a bit more lighthearted because book book mm. two is pretty heavy. Gotcha. Um, it is still, I mean, there's, it's still funny. There's still a lot of joy, mm. but these characters are going through a lot of, cause they're, they're dealing with the fallout of what happened in book one. Uh. They're dealing with having to, to restart their lives in a new place they're dealing with trying to save the people that they love that weren't able to escape you know they're they're dealing with Dorian specifically is dealing a bit with Twinkta like he he turned 30 at the end of the uh, life. sure and he knows that like he's aging and he hates it cuz mm. his his whole thing has been he is a beautiful young man that people hire to sex right. it mm-hmm. and he's he's struggling to get clients because not because he's he's aging but because he's not the kind of of person that people on Europa can kind of deal with, like Leif, Leif mentions at one point, that like these are are people that don't want a diva; they want someone more down to earth. Uh, gotcha, Dorian yep. can't do that, right? And so, so, so there's a lot of of emotional struggle. Uh, there's a big theme running through the book of of like the importance of therapy and the importance of dealing with your problems and the problems that arise when like Dorian you ignore that there are problems
0: right and
1: and so i've told readers that like the rest of the the first four books in the series are going to deal with some heavy stuff because at its heart this is a story about dealing with you know fascism and purity and and saving yep. the home that you lost Mm-hmm. From from the people who who have ruined it, and so there there will be some heavier stuff. But I've I've promised people that book three will be a, will be much more lighthearted, which makes sense because the second book in a series shit's supposed to break bad. Yeah, like, right. That's that's sort of a. I, I had a couple of people who my alpha's and betas especially were really like, "Oh my god, I can't believe this particular thing happened. Why did you do that? That's I can't believe you did this." <laughs> and so a couple other people read it and went, no, it's the second book. I knew it was probably coming. <laughs> uh, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> like I knew I knew this wasn't going to be a walk in the park the way the first one was, right? But so I mean, that was that was part of why it was harder was that I was trying to figure out like what is the emotional story of this, and I had not really written from Leif's perspective before, mm-hmm. so I was figuring out mm-hmm. who he is, and and people will assume that because Leif is a trans guy who's also a giant slut and a sub and all of that, that He's, he and I are more alike. They, they're like, Oh, is he your, your self insert? I'm like, no, no, he's actually really not. Like, like yeah the person I, I feel like I have more in common with is actually Dorian who okay. character wise is very different from me, but the sure. issues that we deal with are a lot more similar. Okay. Gotcha. Um, so, so I struggled with that. I struggled with finding Lee's voice. I struggled with, and I also struggled with the plot. <laughs> mm, yeah. I kept going, nope, this doesn't work. Oh, wait. Oh, no, that doesn't work. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I feel like that too, though. Like people sometimes think you're a full character and like, I'm never a full character either. Mm-hmm. I might have pieces of myself there, but it's never going to ever be fully me. It's not memoir. You know what I mean? Like No. It's,
1: yeah. No. You know, know of some authors who do self-insert, not necessarily know them personally, but like there are several authors who who you can tell that they've just inserted themselves into the story, right? And I and even for me,
0: I have a character named Ruin, which isn't me. You know, like like some people, some people are like they're like oh, this is this is reflecting your life, and I'm like, no, it's fucking no, not.
1: It's absolutely not me.
0: <laughs> it's a fucking character, <laughs> <laughs>
1: right? And I, you're right. Like I I put pieces of me in everybody, including like some of the smaller characters, and that's because I want them to be realistic because I want them to be relatable Mm -hmm. and and it's 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 fun to go okay I have this person who's going to be here for one scene how do I make them jump off the page like one of the first things that that Lauren and I talked about when we were going through the first book for the critique read was that I wasn't letting the other characters in the scene fight Dorian for attention Mm. like the other characters were basically there Doing their job in the scene, but Dorian was always stealing the show, and so I worked very carefully, including Leif, the, the fucking love interest in the book. The first go round, the first draft of of Orchid, he was boring. He was like passive. Mm. He did, and to be honest, Sobri in the first go round of of Dahlia, I I had to go back in and fix her because. I've discovered that when I have a book where there's a romantic storyline, if I have not written the character before, the love interest kind of acts yeah. as my, oh, hey, here's who this character is. Like he's yeah. helping me find out who this character is, or she's helping me figure this out. And so then I have to go back and fix that character so that they yeah. do, they do they are like a fully realized person. Yep. And but so like I I Every character that I come up with, I make sure they're fighting the main character for attention and for mm. the scene. And I mm. often let that other character win. Right. Um, there are are several characters that are either, they're not so much new as they are. They were mentioned briefly or showed up briefly in the first book and now they get to shine. Um, mm. So there's Aunt Salvatore, who is only in the last scene of the book. There's Travis I mentioned earlier was Slate's best friend in this book. He's only really mentioned a little bit in the first book, and and a couple others that in book two, like they become fully realized characters. Like they get to finally be, and those two characters especially, people absolutely went. Bonkers for them. Mm. They're like, "Leaf hoop, I'm absolutely obsessed with this other character who's over here now." And I love that. I love that people can go, "Your main character is incredible, and I love them, but also this person over here, that Mm. person I identify with, or that person is like, love this character, and now they are mine, and you can't have (laughs) them." Exactly. (laughs) And if you hurt them, if you hurt them, I will come after you. And it's it's really fun. Like it's such a blast to see. Like who people are 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 rooting for, or who they are like like gravitating towards. Yeah, and with with this being a polyam theories, like it's been interesting to see like who which which pairings are are preferred by people. You know, so so I have readers who Lathan Sobry is their everything now. Like Lathan Dorian are the main characters of the series and they are a couple and and like they will have this eventual happy ever after spoiler alert but everybody knew it was coming (laughs) but like there are some people who like they absolutely love kenny and dorian together and they love lathe and sobri together and while they do like dorian and lathe as a couple like that other pairing for them is where is where their like heart lies And so it's been, it's been a lot of fun to see people like, and I don't don't want to say picking sides because there's not, there's not sides. No one's choosing anybody over anybody else. They're just allowing themselves to love who they love and, and to recognize that like they, that love isn't finite. And so like, it's, it's not a resource that's going to dry up. And so just because a character is in love with two people doesn't mean that they love one or the other more or less like, or that they like, they're allowed to love people differently or, you know, so it's, it's, it's been fun to, to see people be like, yes, this is, this is my pairing. And like, I'm cool with the others, but I, this is mine and I will love them forever. (laughs) And I can't, I can't describe the, the absolute joy and you, you get this of, of somebody really enjoying something you've done oh, and yeah. telling you about it. Yeah, I know for sure. that there are people who are afraid to be like, hey, author, especially self-pubbed and indie authors, i yeah. published, you know, there's some that are kind of douches, but mm-hmm. most self-pubbed and indie authors that I know are grateful for every single rating, every single review. Oh yeah, um, for
0: sure. Mm-hmm. And,
1: and the, the oh, this is something that I really loved or like yep. this is a character that I really liked. And I, I think we've talked before about this idea of like, oh, anything below a five-star rating is a bad rating. And, and some, not just trad published, but Indian self-published authors have also gotten in really hot water for saying things like that. Mm-hmm. Like, they only want five-star ratings. And I was like, "What the, what's the fun in that? Like, why do oh, exactly. I even gonna tell readers? Like, take, I have readers who absolutely love my book and can't wait for the next one who still gave it three or four stars because they have oh, their yeah. own way of rating.
0: Right. And then, you know, I've had people like, yeah, do like a three or four star and they'll be like, oh, I love this author. I can't wait uh-huh. for the next book. You know, like, I can't wait for the next work to come out, even though, so yeah. And mm-hmm. I think that's silly to want everything to be a five either. And I think that looks kind of like... Fishy, like, it's you know, so fishy. Like, was this like
1: bought? You know, like. <laughs> mm, and I, I actually worry sometimes about that because my mm. my reviews are so overwhelmingly positive, and I'm worried <laughs> that people are going to be like, "Oh yeah, he so he, real? he made people." I didn't make people do anything, right? <laughs> I, I don't have that power, but yeah. I, I do think that some of it is then been very open and mm. very receptive to to. To talking to people, to connecting with people. I can't remember. I think the last time I was on was after I had done, I had talked about there was the the Monster Manor server on Discord where I'd mm. done an author event. They were doing a book club reading of of my book and they they had a meeting and they were like, Hey, do you wanna, you know, do you wanna be there? And I was like, Oh I'm terrified, but yes. Right. And I, I, for the most part, I I sat back and let everybody discuss everything, you know, because they had questions that they were asking everybody. And, and then after everybody was done putting their two cents in was when I would go, oh, and add in information or like, this was my intent or no, I agree with this person said, or, you know, and, and then like. They were able to ask me questions and and stuff that had been on their minds, and I was worried that people were going to be overwhelmingly positive and they were going to be afraid to say things they didn't like. Yeah, right. And they were not. They were absolutely <laughs> willing to go. This part was not a fan of, or I mm. cannot believe you did this, or please tell me this. You know, and it was it was so much fun, and it was oh, so yeah. we're we're doing it again. This awesome. this coming month, because they're, nice. they're going to read Dahlia, and we're going to do another event like that. Very so cool. I think I think that's some of why these reviews have been overwhelmingly positive. Is because I have made a positive experience for readers. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. I've been trying really hard to be a force for good, to to like uplift other people, to and and so people are are the people who are reading my book people who are like oh i want to read this book because this person is cool oh this book was actually really good let me read
0: <laughs> right when well, we need to allow people to have their own opinions and that's okay mm-hmm. you know what i mean like to not yep. allow them to have their own opinions what do you want like a uh, robots everybody's a robot and yeah. loves everything you write no i don't want yeah. that either i, I mm-hmm. want real people are allowed to have opinions
1: I had a a reviewer who actually amended their review because I I agreed with the things that they had said about Dorian in the first mm-hmm. book because Dorian's not a perfect character he's absolutely flawed mm-hmm. and and he has a lot of growth to do and this this reader loved the book gave it a, a good rating and and when but when they reviewed they're like there were some things that I was not a fan of with this character and I'm going to lay them out for you and I. I agreed with them, and I I told them I agreed with them. And at some point later on, they amended their review to take that out because they worried it sounded too critical. Oh. And I I I mens- I messaged them because we we talk on Twitter, and I was like uh-huh. I was confused as to why you changed your review, and and yeah. they were like I I I felt like it it was like unfair of me I'm like no 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 it was very fair and like some of the things that you brought up in your review he's actually going to have to reckon with yeah later sure. on. like yes he's learning to have mm-hmm. to, yes he, he learned from his mistakes he's learned to be a better person and and I had said like it was really grateful for you or for pointing those things out and and like bringing them to people's attention. Cause I, I don't write perfect characters. I don't write perfect representation. Right. Right. I don't write like, I'm not writing characters that are blueprints for how you should be. Right. Exactly. I'm writing, I'm writing people who are people and who mm-hmm. fuck up. And so like one thing that this, this reviewer brought up was that Dorian promises something to lace and then breaks that promise, okay. and he he actually does this in the second book too. Like he he and Leif have a relationship that could be healthy and and good and is for the most part, but there are pieces of it that they both need to work on. And so in in the first book, like Kenny and Leif ask for some privacy because they want to talk. To each other because they're both now dating this mm. this the same person okay. and dorian listens in on the conversation and part of it was that i wanted the readers to hear the conversation
0: <laughs> yeah part
1: of it is that like because it's, it's first person i couldn't be like oh and now i'm going to be in late set uh,
0: right part right exactly. of,
1: part of it is that dorian is nosy as fuck number one not, <laughs> not, not as nosy <laughs> as late which i was surprised to find out late is very nosy um and and he is very unsure and uncertain and very nervous and very worried about not just being in a relationship but being in two and mm-hmm. he doesn't really know how to do that because we we find out in book 2 that he kind of lied in the first book because he had said he'd never really been in a relationship before he also oh. said that he had never lived with a partner before okay both of those are lies they are um, lies because I didn't know until book two that he actually had. <laughs> right. Right. Because that came out. But it actually makes sense for him, especially the situation. When when readers read it, they'll be like, oh, okay, no, I get it. I get why why he would have lied about that. Sure. But so yeah, absolutely part of it was that I didn't know until until I was writing the second book. But part of it also is like he's very good at lying to himself mm-hmm. and and telling himself that things that happened didn't happen the way they happened and like he has to reckon with with those things sure Um, it's 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 much more fun to write someone who isn't perfect because where do they go from that how do they grow
0: oh exactly exactly
1: like can't like i've read books where the main character is basically absolutely perfect in every way shape or form has absolutely no flaws and i do not care yeah. I don't care about the character. I don't care exactly. about the story because mm-hmm. there's nothing for them to do. Oh, exactly. And it's yeah. it's a lot of queer writers get some shit because if we write characters that are not perfect, if they do even one wrong thing or they say the wrong thing or like their relationship isn't 100% healthy, we're accused of being bad people of of like giving queer people a bad name it's like we right. are people first yes and foremost. like mm-hmm. we fuck up just like cishet people fuck up exactly and yeah i can't not represent that because that's my reality
0: <laughs> right and i have an issue with some people who think that if you're writing a kink you have to have done it i'm like okay so
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know i i think that's first of all that's ridiculous because you know, people write things like you're writing, you haven't you haven't been on a, a space station. But the no. thing that really bugs me about it is that it's like, you know, there are still people that are new to that kink and they may not react properly or do the right things, but that is valuable because they're imperfect. So I have people have said that to me before, like, well, you shouldn't write something that you haven't done because people that are in the in the kink world can see that. And I'm like, yeah, but there are people who are just merging into that and they're going to fuck up and they're going to do it wrong.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that's I, valuable.
1: I, it's funny because I have not done everything that I write about. I research, I. I research mm-hmm. the things yep. that I have not done. I talk to people who have done yes. the things that I have not done. Me too. And I, because Doreen is a like professional dumb. Like in terms of the way that he does things, like he's going to be good at that. And he, you know, he's taught Lathe everything that, that he can, and Lathe has learned from other people. So by the time the book comes the second book comes around, Lathe is much more comfortable and much better at what he does and, and knows sure. more about kink. But when he first got to the station, he was very, very like he had done some things. In the past, but not all the things that he said he could do on his menu, right? Which is mm-hmm. why Dorian had to train him. Yep. What they're not good at is the communication part. <laughs> and the, you know, the, they're good at they're good at the consent stuff. Like that was one thing that I made sure. Like mm-hmm. I wanted to to do. Um, I wanted to make sure that like they were modeling good consent because I have right. a problem with how yes. much like a. Most books do not do that,
0: yeah, i like, I agree with that one, too. I try and, to make that very <laughs> yeah, and I I mean, because there are the
1: things that that especially Leif, because Leif has some very like he's into degradation. He's mm-hmm. into being called names. He's mm-hmm. into pain. He's into a lot of things that some people would be like, "Oh, I would never be able to do that." and i I make it clear that he's having the fucking time of his life. Right. <laughs> he he and the, the other people that, that he's, he's, you know, his clients or his partners, like they're having a blast right. and they want to be doing what they're doing and they, they mm-hmm. want to be there. Yep. Uh, but I, to your point about, about writing things that, that you haven't done. I I would like to see people do more research about what kink is and is not mm-hmm. because there are a lot of, I've read things that made me shudder because it wasn't kink, it was abuse. And it was being right. portrayed. And there's a particular yeah. book series that I'm we've talked about before. I'm not going to uh, bring up the name again. We all know. What I'm yep. Talking yep. About. She, <laughs> I know what you're she talking did, about. She did basically no research, and she said right. publicly that she does not err. She doesn't respect right. the community, and so like I, it's not about the acts. Like I, I because I, one of my characters that I'm going to be writing about later on in a different book in the same series, he's good at rope work, which mm. I have done used ropes before but not in that way like i've never done like suspension sure. or things like that and so i'm gonna have to do i'm very glad this is a later book because i'm gonna have to do a lot of reading a lot of researching including video like watching videos like i i've absolutely watched porn as research before to see mm-hmm. like is is something even physically possible yeah like, is this <laughs> position gonna work i've got yep. four people in this scene how do they you know fit together and I'm going to have to talk to people who have done it and and all of that, but I don't need to have done it myself nope. in order to portray it if I'm putting the work in and I'm making sure that people who have done it are reading. And it's it's not even, like, think at this point. It's I was just talking to someone earlier today about how there's a scene in, in book two where Leif decides that he wants to teach Dorian how to defend himself. And uh, so there's there's actually two scenes. There's one in a gym where he's kind of teaching him how to throw a punch, and and uh, there's another scene later on where he's teaching Dorian, a very reluctant Dorian, how to shoot a firearm. Okay. And I I don't punch people. So I've never fired right. a gun in my life. But uh, my critique partner did taekwondo for years, like from the the time that that they were a very small child. Okay. They had that on lockdown they were like no, no 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 he would do this that and the other thing when sure. when showing him how to throw a punch you don't don't him here make sure he's not you know so they went through and they fixed things there and then the scene oh, at yeah. the firing range i had three people one who was in the navy and learned military firing mm. uh one who is a like, who is licensed to teach that to teach oh, sure. um, gun safety and things like that and then another individual who is trained in firearms. I had three people look over that scene yep. and correct anything that I got wrong because right. I didn't want to get it wrong.
0: Exactly. Yeah, there's certain things that that can be like someone's a novice trying to you know do things, and other things you don't. You want it very researched yeah. and very realistic. Yeah.
1: Well, and especially because Leif was in the military, he was. He was oh, Air
0: exactly. Force. Yes, so he yeah. would,
1: he would know. And so, like, there's a difference between because. I do think that there are not experiences that I'm qualified to write about. I've had people ask if I'm going to to tell a story from Sabri's point of view, mm. but she is from Bahrain. Mm. And even though I don't get into racism or anything like that in yeah. my books, because that's not my story to tell, I also know nothing about Bahrain. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I hear you. <laughs> And, like, I I established, not in canon, but I established with myself, like, Mm -hmm. before I started writing book two, that that, that's where this character was from. Mm Because they were not, she wasn't supposed to be a big part of the story. Oh, right. Gotcha. Um, You know, I'm not Middle Eastern. I'm I'm not from that particular country. And even though I am a trans person, I'm not a trans woman. So, Mm -hmm. like, my experiences are a little bit different. That's another thing that I'm having to research and I'm having know people look over is sure. is stuff to do I I have a friend who um, I'm editing her work or her, her, her one book in exchange for help with this particular character oh, sure. um, because he's transition
0: mm-hmm. and
1: uh, even then like that's only one person's experience like exactly
0: so I is, can't invalidate that no. I mean everybody's different
1: yeah. And so that's why I, I have either multiple looking at something or, you know, I get information from multiple sources. Mm-hmm. And I also at the beginning of, especially at the beginning of, of this book, I, part of the author's note that I put in was that none of my characters are the end all be all of what it means to be a particular identity. Exactly. Like, I, it is their own personal experience of what it means to be whatever labels they use. Even with the first book, like I made sure that I put in the author's note, like Leith uses terms for his body as a trans man that not every trans mask person does. Right. And, and because I know that there are people who are reading these books who have not have not really met trans people before or they've only met one trans person or like they've only seen what people have said online or they're getting their information from very biased sources that are run by people who hate people like me. And right. so they're not getting accurate depictions and, and we'll read this book and we'll go, well, that's not how trans people, are. it's like, yeah, that is how a trans person is. It's, it's like with, I have, I have two autistic characters one I purposely purposely was created as as autistic the other mm-hmm. is actually how I learned that I have autism <laughs> oh, okay I I wrote this other character Travis um, mm-hmm. and Loren was was reading through the book and they were like oh man your autism rep is really great and I was like yeah Ant's wonderful and they're like yeah no I love Ant but I mean Travis and I went excuse
0: I'm You're sorry like,
1: what, what? <laughs> and I was like I I I just Travis is just a dude. Like, he's just a dude. And Laura's like, uh-huh. no, no, sweetie. No. And also, please <laughs> finally admit that you have autism. Yeah. They're, they're, they're both very different characters. Sure. And mm-hmm. I know someone's going to be like, oh, that's not how autistic people are. You've met one autistic person. You've met one autistic person.
0: Exactly. Are, this is why I hate people have this kind of critiques. It's just like, really? How many different people are, and perspectives are there in the world?
1: There are similarities that that a lot of people have. There are similar experiences that a lot of people share, but in the end, every single person has their own experience of what it means to be a certain identity. And Absolutely. even those shared those shared things, some people come at it one way or another, like, like they they experience those shared things differently. And mm-hmm. so it's it's a big part of why it's important for marginalized authors mm-hmm. to be able to write and publish their own stories. And I'm not, Yes, mm-hmm. I've, I've backpedaled a bit on, because I, at one point was very much, please cishet people stop writing books about queer people. And there are some situations mm-hmm. in which I am still firmly on that team, but right. I, I, I know of people and, and have met people who thought they were cishet Mm-hmm. And we're using the book that they wrote as a way to explore their own gender or sexuality sure. or both
0: mm-hmm. yep. and
1: realized at the end, oh, hey, wait, no, I'm not straight or I'm not cis. And some of those people cannot yeah. come out. Some of those people, yeah. like, they can't. And it's, so it's different from like, so I'm not going to write a book from Sabri's perspective. I might write a short story where mm-hmm. it's just sexy times because that's different. Um, you know, it's not her as a person. It's just, you know, having a good time. That's what she did. Yeah. Right. mm -hmm. But I'm, I'm not going to, you know, I, I, I'm not going to write a story from the perspective of a person of color, from a person from a completely different country, because there are people who are better able to tell that story. Right. And that's visual stuff. That's stuff that you can tell about a person from looking at them, from listening to them talk. But you can't always tell who's queer. You can't right. always tell oh. who's in the closet. Right. And so to say, oh, you know, this person shouldn't write this book or this person shouldn't write that book. What I want is for people who are absolutely not queer, who are right. writing books because you think that because I've there's a particular author who I blocked a long time ago mm. who she only was writing male male romance because okay. it was popular and it okay. would make her money
0: yeah
1: yeah yeah i think you probably know what i'm talking about she actually was disgusted by the scenes that she wrote like she did not enjoy <laughs> writing
0: seriously
1: mm-hmm. and it's that sort of situation where i'm like that is no don't no, don't that's just do that that's just yuck that's just it's very that is it's gross. very gross yeah, yeah it's, it's exactly gross I, used. <laughs> like,
0: I mean 100 yeah
1: yeah it was it was and she she saw absolutely nothing wrong with her point of view and i'm like mm. Mm, no thank you yeah. um yes yeah, so I, I i agree like there's there's a lot of of there's a lot of being terminally online and especially being terminally on twitter mm-hmm. where it's this echo chamber of of people saying things and it gets spread out and and especially when it comes to queer identities like there are people who in one breath, they'll say, I should be allowed to identify any way that I want to. And that's true. And then mm-hmm. in the next breath, they go, oh, but you can't say that you are, you know, this identity. You can't right. use that term. There's there's a lot about M-spec lesbians and how, oh, you know, if you're attracted to men at all, you can't call yourself a lesbian. Despite the fact that there was documented evidence from the 70s and earlier where there were lesbians who were attracted to men. There mm-hmm. have always been lesbians who were attracted. My my first boyfriend, his his parents were lesbians. And okay. his mom's partner was obsessed with George Clooney. <laughs> <laughs> like no other man in the world but George just Clooney. George Clooney right? Just George Clooney. Just George Clooney. It was just the one part of it was his bum. I think she just really liked his ass. But like, yeah, <laughs> she was absolutely a lesbian, and still was attracted to a man. Sure, like, sure. It's it's and and people are getting like death threats and things over Ugh. the way that they identify, and it's like there these sorts of takes were started by people who are trying to divide the queer community yeah. so that we are easily easier to pick off with legislation. Right? we are getting
0: making these rules? Like, it, you know what the fuck? I mean, seriously.
1: Yeah. And the thing is that identity is very like fluid for a Mm -hmm, lot of people.
0: mm -hmm, And so
1: I have a friend who really is not sure where, where he fits on like the gender spectrum, because Mm -hmm. some days he feels more mask. Some days he feels more femme. Some days he feels like a feminine mask person. Sometimes he wants to be a masculine feminine person. Like it's, it's, it's not a, a hard and fast rule. It's whatever you are that's what you are and you know yourself better
0: and by Uh day or by even by minute if you fucking want
1: Uh (laughs) yeah and there are people that's why people use terms like gender fluid or gender fucked whatever yeah they they aren't ready to go or or never are going to because they they are
0: why do you have to put a nail in the ground Mm -hmm. you don't you don't Mm -hmm. have to do that
1: no uh -uh. oh and it's it's you know, my identities have shifted and changed over over time, and sure. I think mm-hmm. we've talked about this before. Like before I came out as a trans guy, I was convinced that I was attracted to women. Right. I I felt queer, and I was quote unquote mm-hmm. a woman, and that meant I had to be into women. I'm not like I. Right. If the right one came along, sure, I would give it sure. a try, mm-hmm. but like my I I am attracted to men. I am attracted to masculine people you know, and, and I am, I'm attracted to trans people. Like I, I, it's, it's not about whether you're trans femme or trans mask. It's, it's that T for T. Like
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I, there are, you know, there are people that I'm not attracted to and I'm allowed to not be attracted to them, but if I am, if there's, so for example, I was talking to a friend the other day, Kate Beckinsale, especially from the Underworld movies. Oh, okay. Would, would die for her. (laughs) Right. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm not normally into women, but I would absolutely like sure. in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. And like, that's fine because that's totally fine. It's totally fine. It doesn't it's matter. Totally fine. Exactly.
0: I mean, what I don't understand is that people like, they like take a title or orientation or a label, but mm. then they turn around and say that other people can't be this or that, or that they have opinions about what other people are. It's like, do you mm. want someone opinionating on you? I, I don't think so.
1: Well, and it's it's a lot of this this infighting that is allowing states to literally strip us of our rights.
0: Right. See, this is where it gets to be
1: and yeah. they are not gonna stop with trans people. I'm sorry to tell you. And in some states it's already starting. Yeah. Where they're trying to to like make gay marriage illegal and things like that. Like they're not gonna stop with me. They're gonna right. come for you too. Yeah. And it's it's these these sorts of arguments are were put in place by people who want us yes. fighting each other. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're there are people who are just playing right into their hands because Right. so it's the point is that that like when when I write a character, it's not this is what a gay person is. This is not what a right. trans person it's is. Not this is what a right. gay person is. Yeah. Right.
0: And that's that bugs me that people think that. And it can be applied across all different characters <laughs> and character traits. And it's like why do you think that they have to be a
1: cookie cutter? Well, well it's, uh, it's, no. I've seen, I've seen, you know, writers of, of other marginalized identities, not, not queer, but like people of color or whatnot, mm-hmm. who they wrote a book about a character who was like them and specifically white people were like, oh, that's not how people like you are. It's like, okay, A, you're racist. Right. And B, how would you know? and exactly. see, not every person is the same <laughs> exactly i mean yeah even oh, it
0: just drives me mad too and this is mm-hmm. just don't understand it i mean it just you yeah realistically it doesn't make sense in the mm-hmm. real world the way people are nope. so why would you apply it to characters and why are we applying it to each other it's like it just doesn't make any sense <laughs>
1: i don't <Yeah>. understand <laughs> Do you have any questions that you specifically wanted to ask? Because we have been talking for a while. I know, Uh, I just noticed that we
0: probably should wrap up because people will be like, damn, that's a long episode. (laughs) Ours always are, we don't shut up. (laughs) I know, I know. It's just so fun and interesting to talk though. But let's see, I think we kind of, I mean, we touched on why you did self-publishing, why you wanted to do that particular route with this story so that you could get it out. Is there anything else that you've learned that, you feel like you really made the right choice in in self-publishing it.
1: That is a really good question. So one thing is that I'm able to put this out on my own timeline. Yeah, because yeah. I originally I wanted this book out in April of 2021. 2022?
0: 2022,
1: 2022. 2022. I wanted it out last year. Year ago. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> <almost> exactly <laughs> a year ago. And that just didn't happen because it took a while for me to figure out where this story was going, but
0: mm-hmm.
1: part of it also, I think, is that as a self-published author, I feel like I have more freedom to make those mm-hmm. connections with other authors, with with other, with, with readers, mm-hmm. um, and to not only learn from other people, but to to like hear what readers have to say about my characters to hear what people are thinking and it's not that I it's not that I'm like taking ideas from people it's I hear what people are liking and not liking about a particular Mm -hmm. character and I can compare that to where my ideas for where this character was going to go Uh like I can see like oh like people are primed for this thing that I was planning. Like they're already ready for it. They just don't know it yet. Or, you know, what? I was planning this thing, but I, so there's a, there's a character and I'm not going to reveal who. There's a character who um, does not make it past the second book. Okay. And I had had plans originally for this particular character. And I, a lot of this is my critique partner was not, mm-hmm. A giant fan of this character, and couldn't really see how how they fit in with the bigger narratives. And I agreed with them. But a lot of it was that this character was basically a non-entity. Like no one really cared. And I went, I can do something much more interesting than what I was planning. i I can do something that has deeper meaning and that has more of an impact mm-hmm. if this character does not make it out of their current predicament um and uh it it it's uh, it's different when you have uh, an agent when you have an editor when you have a whole publishing company behind you Mm -hmm. i'm I'm thinking of of the hunger games i've never read them i've never seen the movies but Mm -hmm. that author suzanne collins was forced to put a love triangle that she did not want oh okay I I I know for a fact that if I had brought these books to a traditional publisher yeah that they would have been like Dorian's got to pick either Kenny or Lace. Right. and I'm like well he's not gonna they are all making it to this last book as a as a polycule yeah I'm going elsewhere like there's there's no I'm not making him choose between two people who right. who are Good for him and who he's good for in different ways. And I mm. definitely would not be able, because the polycule has, the, the plans for the polycule have changed a bit. It's grown a little since the original realization of, oh, mm. shoot, this is going to be a thing. Right. And I know that a traditional publisher would be like, mm, no, we're not going to do that. That's weird. No. Mm. Right, it's. it's, I wouldn't have had that. I don't have. I wouldn't have that freedom to play around with to
0: tell the story that it's supposed to be, and you'd be you'd be having to can it somehow and to fit Uh into what they want or what they think will sell. Like I I, didn't. It's so frustrating. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. No, and I I do. I do want to eventually be a hybrid author. I would love to do some traditionally published stuff, but this series is not made for that, especially because it's a genre blend traditional Mm -hmm. publishing yes it's becoming a bit more like quote-unquote okay like it's 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 growing they're they're more willing to take a risk on that Mm -hmm. but the particular genres that i'm blending (laughs) the fact that there are several of them it works like the thing Mm -hmm. is that it actually works and readers enjoy it yep but it's not necessarily marketable in the traditional sense like my series works best with off-the-wall promotional materials with people screaming about it like people (laughs) making their friends buy copies people you know reviewing (laughs) it and rating it because it's I feel like the readership that I'm getting is reflective of the people in the book in that we become this big found family like whether I know Mm -hmm. you personally or not whether I ever talk to you or not, like my my books and my characters are having an impact on you. And if you like them enough to right. rate them or review them, if you like them enough to yell about them to all of your friends, like <laughs> I got a big boost from yes. the Monster Manor server. Because mm-hmm. there was even that, because the server's grown, it's now about like 300 people. Back okay. then, it was maybe like 50, if that. But a whole bunch of people read it and then told people to read it and mm-hmm. talked about it on Twitter and yelled about it to people in real life and like bought <laughs> copies for people. Yeah. And, and so that that not only boosted that book, but it made I, I've already in just the last five days, the book has only been out since the third. Yeah. With pre with pre-orders and with new copies being sold, I've sold almost 50 copies. That's awesome. For a niche series yes, that true. You know, mm-hmm. does not necessarily have very wide, appeal. I mean, it does, it has wide appeal if people are willing to give it a shot. Sure, But because I, people that have read it, I thought it was going to be a very small subset of the population. Mm. Okay. And there are, you know, it's mostly queer people who are reading it. And a lot of trans mass people are really enjoying it. But I have cis people who are loving it. I have people who normally sure. would not read books. About these types of characters or who would normally not read books with sex or who would normally not read sci-fi or would, you know, they're enjoying it and they're wanting the next part of the series, but it's not, you know, so it's, it's, I think, yeah, that's, that's one of the biggest things that I've learned is that like, as a traditional, as a, as a self-published or indie author, like the freedom that you have extends even beyond like being able to tell the story you want. It right. extends into building the community you want yeah. and, and building the, the kind of world that you want to see, like having the, I can say things without a publisher going, no, don't say that. Exactly. Kind of like, and it's not that I say problematic things, but it's, I'm very vocal mm-hmm. about trans rights. I'm very vocal about, you know, queer culture. I'm very vocal about kink and mm-hmm. and a publisher is not going to want that.
0: <laughs> right. I mean, that's, that's true. I mean, that's another, it's a very good point. Yeah. And so, you know,
1: anytime anything that I trad publish is going to be written under a pen name because they're not going to want to necessarily. I don't think, although I don't know, because as as, you know, things change and and hopefully they will change for the better, like stories like this are going to be important. And I -hmm. I had someone compare this to The Handmaid's Tale because of the fact that it's. A, a warning, and it's a reaction to to things that are happening, and yep. it's a you know, it's it's the kind of work that I think in the future, maybe very long in the future, but at some point in the future, people are going to go look back at it and go, yeah, oh, this was more important than we thought it was. <laughs> and I, I don't think know, so too. I, I, wrong. I think, I think I, you're right. I'm okay either way. I'm okay with people just enjoying it now as it is and mm-hmm. it not ending up being like, but I also like I I part of why I'm writing this is because of what's going on, because of the fact
0: yeah.
1: I'm terrified. Right. And I need hope. Yeah. I need something to cling to while we fight this fight. Yep. And these characters fighting the same sorts of things that we're dealing with to me is a comfort. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's a book with some people who have some really great sex and it's
0: funny (laughs) and there's
1: romance, but like, there's, there's more to it than that.
0: So many different layers. Yeah. (laughs) Oh
1: my God. And and now I have to write the rest of the series. I have all these layers that I have to layers and all these characters and all these
0: points
1: that I have to, series are hard. That's the other thing that I will say, yeah, that you can shut me up is if you're going to write a book, first book you write, maybe write a standalone, please, yeah, for your own true. sanity, Good point. because then yes, you can gain readership, but they're not going on. Oh, when's the next book coming out? You'd be like, Oh, I'm working on something completely different now. Thank you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> This was my practice book. And now we're going yes. to
0: And, you know, I, I feel like even the practice books, and like you said, you wrote all those words. Those mm-hmm. in some way could be groundwork for what you did write or just even character they, building or just something. There was something there are. that That's was a I pathway.
1: Don't, I don't get rid of anything. I keep yeah. all of my other drafts. I borrow from them. I use them for other things. Like I keep them for projects that might not even be related to these characters. Oh, for sure. I, I, there was a scene that I had cut that a character who was involved in it was cut and it didn't make sense anymore. And Mm -hmm. I went, Oh no, wait, this actually does work if it's this other character instead. And so I put it back in. It's, it's, uh, there's a scene in book two where uh, Travis is helping Laith get ready for a session and, Leith doesn't normally wear like really fancy suits. Mm. And Travis is kind of helping him get ready for it. And uh, it originally had been a completely different character that I cut. And I went, no, 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 no. Leith needs this because he really didn't. His, his dad dipped when he was a kid, mm. specifically because he had come out as trans. Oh. And so he never really had a father figure show him how to like yeah. dress all mm-hmm. stiffy and like tie yep. a tie. And, you know, sure. he, he knows how to tie it the military way, but that's about it. And, and so having having Travis be that person for him, even though he's mm-hmm. a friend, he's a brother, he's not a father figure, mm-hmm. it was important to that character and to that story. And I I I had cut it and I went, nowhere putting that back in. That needs to be yeah. there. So yeah, mm-hmm. don't don't ever throw anything away. Because especially almost everything now we we write is on computers, mm-hmm. hoard it. Keep it in a file, hoard it. <laughs> you exactly might need it at some point.
0: I recently interviewed an author and she was telling me how she found her, she had boxes of notebooks and she wrote this like super cheesy story as a child. She's like, oh, I should just throw those away. And I go, don't you dare. I said, because you might want to mine that book think of that perspective. She Uh, wrote it as a 13 year old. That's why I told her that's fucking gold. You wrote that from a 13 year old perspective. And she said, oh, you know, she said something like, oh, you sweet summer child, like talking about herself back then. I'm like, you Mm -hmm. keep that sucker because someday you may want to turn that into something. And that perspective is gold.
1: I have (laughs) thrown, I did get rid of or deleted a bunch of stuff from when I was younger. And I, I regret it. Well, and especially yeah. because I there is there's I I have everything that I wrote that I wrote since high school is intact and mm-hmm. it is okay. in my Google Docs and it's there and yep. I had I was talking to to Loren like pretty I don't wanna, I don't want to say early on but like maybe like a year or two ago we only know each we only known each other for about three years now okay. um but uh, I um I uh, was talking to to them about oh yeah I have a bunch of stuff in this folder and I bet all of it's crap. And so I pulled the oldest thing that I had, which was this pirate novel that I had started writing in high school. And okay. I only shared like the first couple of chapters and I, I figured she was going to read it and go, oh yeah, this was terrible. They got done with it and they went, this is actually really good. And you should write this. Nice. Like, I want this book. And so I'm like, it was like 17 the last time I touched <laughs> I that <love> thing. It. <laughs> and they're like, no, 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 no. These characters are great. I want to know what happens next. Right, and I'm like, okay, I will eventually get to that. <laughs> I know, on
0: the list, but, but yeah, keep that
1: it's a stuff. Big list. Keep it. Yeah, absolutely. And, mm-hmm. and even if you don't end up using it, like right. word for word, like a character or even yes. a line, yeah, can be used. like it's it's valuable stuff that, like, oh, for sure, you you can never get back. If exactly. You, if you, I I have a Peter Pan retelling that I was writing. When I was in high school and I deleted mm. it yep. and I I have vague, very vague recollections sure. about any of it, but not enough to rebuild it. Yeah, and either uh, pan retellings great. were hot for a while and I yeah. probably could have gone could have yes. out and and capitalized on that zeitgeist, and I didn't, oh, and I'm exactly. That's sad. Like
0: never get rid of anything. That's one thing. Yeah. And I feel like I never say that to writers when we're talking about this stuff. I'm like, don't get rid of anything. This mm-hmm. should be a mantra that all writers should have tattooed Just on their foreheads.
1: Because we know each other too well. No, that's damn funny too. That's pretty cool. <laughs> We've only spoken basically three times and already we're like on the same wave. exactly, um, that's pretty yeah. damn cool. <laughs> this is why you keep letting me come back on.
0: I know. I love it. I love it. <laughs> oh, has been awesome. But so the I, next... we probably should end because we're coming up. Oh on... my god, right? I know. People oh, look no. at this episode and be like, holy, holy shit, shit, I don't have that much time to listen. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can always
1: come back to it. You can pause exactly. and come back later. That's right. Always all can, can do that. It's not going anywhere. Game of Thrones, you can listen to that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so true. So we true. all went to like the last Marvel movie. I know that one was three hours.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can do it. I know, right? Mm. So... I will put all the links on the podcast notes for your books and then your you have a like a thing that has all your links, right?
1: Yes, I have a card. You have a website. I have not updated that in a long time. Okay. And the card, I I highly recommend it for for I authors. Never heard of the I, card. I have a link tree, but I don't know what it's a link tree, but for a while um the person who runs Twitter, I don't like saying his name. I like he was he was going to remove the ability to uh, use link tree oh, and that's so fucking I, ass god, i'm so, so oh my god <gasps> so frustrated yeah so i got a card just in case and i actually Mm -hmm. ended up liking it better than than better oh
0: interesting sure yeah
1: Uh, either is i mean because i i know people who who use linktree still and and Mm -hmm. both both resources are are great like mm -hmm. it's it's so much easier than keeping up a website especially because gosh i i I write books i edit i i have like a normal job i not very Mm -hmm. i I tutor it's not very much but it's still there Mm -hmm. I run a Patreon. I run a Discord server. I'm a moderator and another, like I have mm. figures in a lot of pies and I have to market my own stuff. Like,
0: yeah, no I way get it. I keep
1: up a website. I don't have time for that.
0: I know. I haven't touched mine much lately either, but it's still there. And I'm going to write something this month for it. I am. I know I am. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's, and that's why I like Patreon because it's I can just like yeah. put it out there and whoever wants to read it. I, a lot of writers are told you need a website. To be honest, I don't ever look at authors' websites.
0: Yeah, ever.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. sorry, authors. I love you all. I will look at your cards and your link <laughs> trees. Right. I, do, I don't. I don't have time for websites.
0: I know. I hear you. Often.
1: I will sign up for your
0: newsletter. You know, like, <laughs> but perusing a website takes time. I know, right? <laughs>
1: Be yes. so thank you so much I yes I thank you think if I have anything to honestly just just keep your eyes out for news on the Orchid and the lion re-release like I said it'll be a whole new cover it'll almost certainly include one if not two new scenes uh, it'll be all spiffy and new new formatting uh, and I'm also Hoping I got to talk to the cover artist, I would like to do a hardcover Mm -hmm. edition for for that. I've never done a hardcover before. I'm terrified because I'm going to have to format this book for three different types of 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 output. So it's going to be the ebook, the paperback, and the hardcover. Which is yeah, it's terrifying. Uh,
0: Yes, I know. I always use people on Fiverr because I don't. I'm not that so I pay people on Fiverr to do that for me,
1: and I. (laughs) make everyone's life easier and cheaper because I did not know anything about formatting. And I had a a friend help me, but they didn't do anything super fancy. And it ended up Mm. being not like visually exciting for readers. Uh, mm -hmm. So if you get a chance to, to look at at a paperback copy of this book, I'm actually honestly very proud of of the work that I did formatting it because it looks gorgeous, but here's, here's the secret. If you publish to KDP, or, if you even have an account with Amazon, you can get into KDP. They have video tutorials. Oh. They okay. also have text, like you can just read text. It mm. tells you step by step and shows you oh. how to format. Now, it's still a pain in the butt and it takes a long time. <laughs> and something went fucky and I had to reformat it a second time, oh. but it's fine. It's fine. But I, I formatted the paperback of the lion and the dahlia and the paperback of Between Desire and Satisfaction, because that now has a paperback mm. I'm using that tutorial and it worked like a dream. Oh, so nice. if you want to save some money. No, not something super fancy because I didn't I didn't have like fancy like scene markers or anything. Like I just oh, used sure. asterisks and whatnot. Uh-huh. If you're using images and stuff, like I, as we all know that especially Word does not work well with images. It's right. it's a pain in the butt i i was I was very pleased with with the tutorials so if, oh, if that's, that's helpful to anybody, yeah. it is you have to dig a little bit to, to find it, but it they are there and and it's 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 so much it's so much easier than trying to do it by figuring it out by yourself. <laughs>
0: oh yeah, no. need a guide <laughs> good to know well, thank you so much
1: for this. That was so, awesome that just flew i didn't miss I miss what you just said because my I, my headphones came out of my phone and my phone oh. flew across the room. <laughs> so something about awesome. It's fine. <laughs> this has been so, awesome. I think that's what I said. Probably. Yes.
0: Oh, I think I just said this has been awesome. I think is what I said. I kind of lost myself. too.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I like you heard the phone fly across the room. Yeah. Land a on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> It's been awesome. So yeah, thank you yes. so much for
0: coming back and updating us. And, you know, everybody can check it out and mm-hmm. look
1: forward to the future stuff coming out. Yeah. Too. And and if you ever want me back again, you know where to find me. Absolutely. <laughs> and I will. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much. I appreciate it.
0: Yes. You have a good night. You too. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. I want to thank you for listening to this. If you are still listening, you are the top-notch listener. You are awesome way to go. You made it to the end. Thank you so much for listening. And I hope you check out Gabriel's books. Links are down in the podcast show notes so that you can access them. And don't forget to buy his book, review it, give it a rating because that helps out authors so much. So thank you so much for listening. And my links are down in the sh- podcast show notes as well. Check out my new book in free sale Neighborhood Sex Secrets. And don't forget Manscaped, Check them out. You can get discounts, 20% off and free shipping with my code RUINWILLOW20, all caps RUINWILLOW20. And I'm also a sponsor for Kiru Sex Toys, RUINWILLOW10, all caps again, that's R-U-A-N-W-I-L-L-O-W-10. And you can get 10% off on their personal care toys sex toys. They have an amazing array of sex toys. So check them out, get a discount and enjoy. And don't forget to come today. Enjoy your body. Make yourself come today. Get all those juicy, amazing healing hormones circulating in your system so you can feel amazing. We were given these organs for a reason. Use them, baby. Come today. Don't forget to come today. You have an amazing day. Thank you for listening. And this is a Friday. So happy Friday. Cheers, baby. Love you. Bye. Fuck yeah. Ready for some spring cleaning of your beard and groin hairs? Try out Manscaped Products. Or you can get 20% off with my new code RUIN, R-U-A-N, to get 20% off and free shipping. In order to get the discount, use the promo code RUIN, R-U-A-N, to do that spring cleaning to get yourself ready for sexy times. Heat up your spring with a new shave, a new trim. Perhaps try going bare. Get more skin smacks in the bedroom, if you know what I mean.